everyone. Welcome to Enjoy Your Stay. We hope you enjoy your stay. This is a podcast. White Lotus, which is the White Lotus one. Season 2, Episode 5. This is called Pretzamore, Spencer. Pretzamore. Spencer, what did you think of this week's episode of The White Lotus? I am actually even more curious to see what you thought, because this felt a lot like two episodes ago to me, where it wasn't the most comic episode, it had a lot of drama, it had some surreal elements that were almost like eyes wide shut, uh, it had a lot of tension building up, like, there were moments in season one of where I forgot there was ultimately a murder plot, because it was very much background, it's really hard to forget on this show that many people are gonna die, and sure. this episode felt sure. like it was even more front and center than usual, so... I quite enjoyed it. It was a lot of the drama that I was eating up. It had some moments of awkward comedy that put me straight back into, like, season three, season four of The Office, which is hell on me, but I enjoy it every now and then. I would give it positive marks, even though I will openly admit I didn't find it at all the most comic of the episodes we've got of even this season, which feels less comic than than, than season one. Yeah, I mean, so that's where we differ. I thought this was fucking hilarious. There were a lot of really funny really? moments. Yeah, for sure. There were really funny moments. But it's like dark comedy. It's that like season one office it is stuff. It's the really uncomfortable, hard to sit there when Harper's like going off the rails that made me <sighs> just guffaw laugh. Um, <sighs> I thought this was great. I thought this, I mean, like, oh, I, I, this is not similar to that episode where, for me, where Daphne and Harper were in Nodo and the like weird stuff. Yep. Like, Gotta go. It, that to me was slow and there was not a lot of like car crashing going on. There that's was what car I'm... crashes every five seconds in this episode. Absolutely. And that's what I'm looking for in White Lotus. I mean, I, I like that it, it, it basically puts, I mean, the point of the show is to put everybody in super uncomfortable situations and kind of see how humans interact basically. Um, uh, well, and that's, it's... that's what, it, that's what I get out of it anyway. And this episode was very fruitful in that regard. So I would, for my, for me, it's interesting to hear your, your explanation of it. Cause for me, it's closer to last episode, episode hmm. four than it is for episode three because of the abundance of over the top car crashy, awkward, you can call it funny or you can just call it uncomfortable moments. And this is just purely an issue of perception, because we watched the exact same scenes, and you were, I'm sure, bawling laughing. your eyes out laughing, laughing, and I, meanwhile, was sinking into my chair with a sinking feeling of, will they knife each other now or later? Right. Well, I was I was doing a little of both, right? I mean, it's not like I was super comfortable, but I did, I did find a lot of it funny. <laughs> well, um, yeah. For, from, a, from a discomfort standpoint, this was the evil Knievel episodes. I mean, there were so many moments of where I'm like... I, if I was the character, I would just be a, a disappearing from the face of the earth rather than be in that scene right now. Okay, so it sounds like we both kind of liked it. We got there in different oh, yeah, ways, definitely. but we both kind of liked the episode. This was episode five of season two titled That's Amore. We have two more episodes. This is a seven episode season. Coming so fast. Next episode, penultimate episode, and then we get the finale. This is a Mangum Talks Review podcast. If you like this podcast, if you're enjoying us week by week, you can check out any of our stuff by going to mangumtalks.com. That's M-A-N-G-U-M talks.com or going to your favorite podcast platform. Heck, the one you're in right now. Type in Mangum Talks. Those are the keywords. Why are they the keywords, Spencer? Because huh, I tagged it. That's right. Podcast <laughs> professional. Tagged it. All you got to do, type in Mangum Talks and you'll find all of our stuff. I'll tell you, we've been getting, uh, I mean, the, the listenership for this podcast is just exploded um way more people listening than you would probably 
feel comfortable with Spencer, so I don't I don't tell you how many people are listening because I, really I want you to stay honest. That. But we do I do appreciate all the people who are listening and the the newbies, right? Like the people who have not. Uh, you know, encountered any of our review podcasts before. If you're mm-hmm. liking it, we review a lot of different stuff, a lot of really good television shows, Succession, Ted Lasso, House of the Dragon, uh, on and on and on. Just really good prestige television. So go check out our stuff. Uh, but the issue at hand, Spencer, is episode five. That's Amore. We start with a recap, which I will lead heroically every week. Bang, bang, knock them out. Podcast professional that I am. I will lead the recap. And then we'll go into best line of the episode. Spencer, you gamely, every week, professional that you are, provide me with Nominees for best line of the episode. I usually pick one you did not nominate. Just to be Charlie honest. Brown with the football. That's what I am. Every time. Lucy pulling it right out of out from under you. And then we go to the segments that I think people are really listening for. Like I think they like the recap yeah. fine, but they want to hear best vacation partner of the week, worst vacation partner of the week, and our death theories. We had a lot of fan comments this week, more than even I sent you. Um, I sent you some of them, but we had a lot, a lot of fan theories on on the death. Um the death theories. I will before. I'll, let me let me go ahead and do a little little spoiler for the death theories. Oh, I got this from my. I talk about my brother a lot. He's a he's a very mm-hmm. loyal listener. He said this, and three other fans said the same point. So I don't know if this was like a Reddit mm. thread or everybody picked up on this at the same time. In the first episode, in the first five minutes, Rocco refers to the dead people as guests. He does very specifically. Does that exclude me and Lucia from the conversation? I don't think so. No. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, they, they are on the register. All those people, on the my brother rolls. and those people, they all think that that, it did. that that was their theory is that we now know it's not me and Lucia because of the word two, test. Two, two reasons in mind. One, even technically, they are on the rolls. They have access to the room. They have keys. They're eating breakfast every morning, apparently. Oh, yeah. Hey, we saw them eat food, by the way. We saw them eat actual physical food first time in this episode. Here's I did see Mia eat, uh, Lucia eat twice. But I, I got a theory on why they're showing her. I got, I got a whole thing on that. We'll I, get that. I got we'll a get whole jack. So, Remind me of it. Remind I- me of Lucia one. eating. Issue number two. Also, practically, if there's a dead body found on grounds and it's not wearing, it's not one of the staff, they're going to assume it's a guest until they know otherwise. And Rocco wouldn't have a reason to think otherwise at this point, even if it was them. So I think they, I think Rocco would call them guests at this point because sure. they are on the rooms. That's just my, my guess. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're onto something. Maybe. Me and Lucia do make it out alive. I sure as hell hope so. They're my two I, favorite characters. I hope so, but I don't think that line actually protect. I don't think that line is enough to protect them. Mm. Previously on was a lot of Harper and Condom Gate. Also, me and the piano <laughs> player and that whole odyssey. Um, we start with the intro banger after banger after it's banger after every banger week. after every banger week. after banger. It's so fucking good. This song. Uh, have you noticed any changes? We ask no. that every week. It's like I haven't. I, I, I'm starting to convince myself I am, but probably I'm not. Uh, it seems like a kind of like, like a weird version of a Rorschach test, right? Like, but, you're, like how, it, it says more about you what you think is going on. Because <laughs> I don't think it's, I really don't know. think it. I don't think it's changing. But some it, people, you say know what this is? It's is. an intro we like, and conditioned on Game of Thrones, we now go into that mindset of it's an intro we like. It must change week by week. So we start with me and Albie and a very climactic scene, I could call it. Hey, Spencer, um, how does Lucia look this episode? Damn fine. Uh, I very much appreciate what she's putting on screen for this episode. I will Hmm. say we got... So she looks... You think she looks good? You know, I'm going to go... I'm going to completely go contrary to every opinion I've had before in this podcast and say, you know what? She's a solid five right now. Five Hmm. out of ten. You know, Hmm. really impressing me. 
Hmm, okay, I had noticed. I, I didn't. I didn't really that, yeah, that's consider that. Did, 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 did you instead appreciate the sheer amount of Albie, Jack, and other uh, another man ass that we get this episode? A lot of man ass. There, you know. I, what I li- I like that like don't miss you can insert juvenile joke here if you want. Please, but I, what I like, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, what I I do like that they are making some of the nudity in Hollywood a little bit more equitable. I yeah. mean, for like the existence of Hollywood, if there's nudity, it's always been a woman, and that's been like particularly sexist and unfair. I like I do like that they're including more male nudity in these shows. I, I think we've gotten more male nudity than we've gotten female nudity on the show, honestly. Uh, I mean, it's it's about fifty fifty at this point, right? Because you, you we have seen, I guess, Mia and Lucia topless, and now we've seen man ass from a couple different people. So I don't know, two or three different guys. I don't know. It's I, I, it's I, at I least have a closer. Man ass. You're forgetting Cameron. So we have. It's have much closer than it's ever been, basically, for these shows, and I I do appreciate that. Um, I, I think they're being much more aware of it now. I think I think it's also a good thing that Hollywood's been much more better with bringing on um what what do they call them the coordinators that they have for for scenes to make sure everybody's comfortable and everything's playing yeah. out for the actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's what you, you moonlight doing that. By the way, right? I show up on set and they let me in, and I'm going to say that's about as far as I get. Mm-hmm. Well, you you have signed NDAs. Although we did establish on this podcast earlier that you break your NDAs all the time, so I don't know. It's just sort of six doesn't. I very much appreciated my meeting with in-house counsel after you suggested that. By the way, that was a wonderful was so way to spend, a, to spend a that Wednesday. Was so funny. I said I told a joke on this podcast that Spencer breaks his NDAs, and I know that he's a lawyer, and I know that people in his firm listen to the podcast. It was the meanest possible joke I could have told. Obviously, it's not true, but it was very I, I, funny. I was seeing dollar signs of my future just fade away into the oh. mist. Yeah, Lee got me fired on the podcast. That's that's what, that's what happened this week. Lee, I've got a lot more time for podcast episodes. Do you want to talk Andor now? Ooh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, then we get Portia waking up with Naked Jack next to her. Boom, man, mm. there you go. Uh, she gets a call from Tanya, and she explains that uh, Quentin has invited them to go away for two nights on their boat to Palermo, on the Palazzo. Let's go, everybody. Come on, it'll be a great time. We can have a cocktail, Spencer, a cocktail, a very... Highfalutin, sophisticated one cocktail. Surely we won't have any more. Of course not. No, one only has one cocktail when you're on a boat to Palermo, right? I mean, hey, why, Portia. Well, yeah. Do you have any? Uh, cute I, I, things? I'm here for Portia now. Go on. Yes. Do you have any cute things? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I do. But no, really, do you? It's like yes, Tanya. Like, is really, so funny to me. I I adore this lady. Yeah, she's so funny. She's, do you do you really? Because I haven't basically because the implication there is I haven't seen it so far, right? I, I'm I'm going to go fair to Tanya here. Haven't either. I, I commented on her outfits prior episode, and I was not impressed. I think she better, might get better this, this episode. Time. She yeah, she really did. The, up the, game the, the shoes bit. are incongruous with the outfit, but the outfits are better. See, you're showing your age there. I think that's a that's a thing with the kids now. Ma- um, I'm all about matching. I don't I don't like this just collage of color contrast that the children like. Spencer, quote, I'm all about matching, end quote. Put it, put it on a fucking t-shirt for Mangum Talks, folks. <laughs> True in all contexts and use of the phrase. Oh, Portia. Sarah, uh, I gotta go ask you, by the way, you've been talking about Noto. We gotta go to Noto. Got to first, go to Noto, man. First, can we take a ship to Palermo? Is it okay with you if we do that first? Yes, we're gonna go to Palermo, obviously. Um, Seems like a wild. Here's what we got to do when we go to Palermo. We have to be very clear about what our responsibilities are as house guests. Okay. Because my, my, from what I can tell is it can get a little sideways when you're trying to pay the rent, you know, and like people are figuring <laughs> out how you, how you actually well, earn your keep in Palermo. 
I think I've got a well-known history of not bringing my wallet to restaurants, so we know what role I'm playing before the episode is done. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we can get we can get a couple couple rice bowls. You ever heard of a rice bowl, Spencer? Probably, huh? Probably. Not. I, I, I can say we'll we'll have the best rice balls I've ever tried. Unbelievable. Tanya then tells her to come to breakfast, and she gets up and starts to get ready with a naked Jack lying face down on her bed, scratching his butt. First, she goes out to the balcony, and oh my God, Spencer, it is beautiful. Like I understand she's Absolutely hungover, gorgeous. and I understand she has a tendency to hate everything she's doing. But how can you not be just waking up and walking and looking at that? I mean, that's about the best the world has to offer, I would think. It's a level of view that is so pretty. I don't need a Bloody Mary to you know to manage my hangover. I will be sober upon seeing that before me. Oh, it's it's beauty hair of the dog? It is beauty hair of the dog, yes. I don't know if that phrase exists. Trademark, we're making it. It is beauty hair of the dog. By the way, as somebody who doesn't drink, this right now, the part of the recap we're in, is my favorite time to be around drinkers. It's the morning when they wake up and they're in pain. That's my yeah. favorite. That's when hey, I love being around drinkers. Hey, you make specialty breakfast dishes to accommodate all of us drunken fools. Yeah, well, I mean, I love you guys, but I do, I do enjoy that. Like the oh, I, I'm like outside. Hey, guys, come on, let's go, let's do our go, thing. What, let's do a three mile run with Ethan right now. Doesn't everyone feel up to it? You Speaking bad. of Ethan, Ethan wakes up and it is a oh, tense room, Spencer. It is a tense room. He gets up, goes to the bathroom, finds a condom wrapper, and now we're going to get the conversation. Walks out to the bedroom with it in his hand and he says, what is this? Exactly what Harper should have done. He yes. does exactly From what Harper start, should have done, right? That's yes. the first thought I had. This is the one moment where Ethan does the, I will say, best option in the conversation. Goes downhill from here. Yeah. And she says, you tell me. He says, where'd you get it? She's like, your couch. Uncomfortable. Now Ethan's starting to figure out what happened. And this is a spicy, I would say, conversation. Yeah, he takes yeah. a second, composes himself, and then he says, it's not what you think. I Always haven't a done anything. Way to start. I, Great way to start a conversation. Engenders trust right away. Yeah, it's exactly like I was, I was, I was watching. That's the first thing in my wife's mouth. Is, he says, it's not what you think. And she went, ooh, that's bad. Like it was almost yeah. like we were like watching like a sporting event, like a boxing fight. Oh, I didn't. And he just, he just got leveled. And she's like, ooh, that's bad, Ethan. That's bad. Because it's true. Like that's a terrible Man, way to start. Man's got to work on his guard because that he was leaving himself right, wide open for a shot right to the jaw with that one. He says, it wasn't me. It was him. Cameron, I swear to God. Harper is struggling to follow. He says he had sex on a, and she goes, he had sex, sex on her couch in here with who? And Ethan explains that it was these Italian girls he met at the bar. They were, they were hookers. His word, hookers. I didn't yes. say that. Yes, yep. you're quoting. Yep. Harper, you met two hookers at the bar and brought them back to the room <laughs> and Cameron yep. had sex with one of them? Well, I, I, hate to, I hate to quibble here, Harper, but he actually had sex with both of them, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Ethan tries to say he can't remember because he was so drunk. Not not improving your argument right now. It either. doesn't help, especially when you know everything else. Like you know you like you know all the really convenient stuff. You know it was Cameron that did it, not you. But you don't remember how they got there or how you know, like I, you know, it's, no, it seems it, like a little little convenient memory lapse there. At this point his best strategy is oversharing. At this point he needs to actually just completely reveal his hand, including the bad shit, so it all looks more believable what you're saying. If you do this little quibbling or Obviously, obvious what appear to be obvious lies. Every aspect of your story is going to be doubted. She asked him if he was watching. Ethan, telling the truth, tries to explain that he, I get, like he saw. I guess I think the best way to explain this is he saw that it occurred. I would yes. not describe what he was doing as watching. He, ah. I wouldn't. I mean, he, he was back. He was back to him. Um, he was turning around every now and then. It, we we only got to see like five seconds, so it's hard to say long hard term how he continued. 
I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. May have only been his, five seconds. Because of the way know. he positioned himself, it didn't seem like he wanted to be participatory. It wasn't looking at it or anything. Yeah. Um, uh, so, it didn't feel voyeuristic necessarily, she, but it was hinting at it. She said, did you do anything with the hookers? He said, no. <laughs> I didn't do any of the sex stuff, which is also a really interesting like sort of caveat like he i didn't do any of the sex stuff it's like well what did you do like it's a very slimy explanation here yeah that's like a mr clinton that's a bill clinton disputing what the definition of the word is is right now yeah i'm going after him with respect to with 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 respect to a sex drama it feels appropriate to go into it to a certain degree um but yeah that that little she's talking with a lawyer also it's like you think she's not going to focus it on that word choice right now yeah he explains he one tried to kiss him and he rejected it which is true and then he says okay look we took molly and harper's head snaps around at this she accurately she accurately then attempts to sum up the situation yeah it sounds really fucking bad i was gone for one fucking night you did molly with hookers and i came back and found a condom wrapper on the couch what the fuck and it's yeah everything checks out that polygraph was a straight line on that one. That was straight. That all oh. checks out. Uh, yes and no. He was... No, it's about okay. her, her assessment of the situation. Oh, her, her assessment's perfect. I was also going to highlight that him saying that she tried to kiss me, but I didn't do anything is not entirely accurate either. I think he, I think he dodges that one a bit, other than the sex mm. stuff thing. But he did kiss her. Or she at least kissed him and he responded for a second. So let, let's remember that detail too. I don't know that he responded. There was lip second. action. It seems like she kissed him and he he said no. I, he, I don't know. Again, but again, he's not being 100% honest and she's hitting it well. See, I, I go at this from a different perspective. I think Ethan is really problematic for Ethan. Not yes. because he's, quote, lying. I think for the most part he's telling the truth. The, the, the obvious problem here is what I was talking about when we did the recap a few episodes ago, which is, yes, ex- Ethan technically didn't cheat, but he put himself in this wild, absolutely not cool fucking situation. And, and you have to ask days. him, why would you do that? Why would you put yourself in that situation? Why did you Which want to question, be along yes. for this ride? That's the major concern to me if I'm Harper. And why did you stay? I mean, you had any number of opportunities to exit stage. There's a whole hotel, whole hotel. Just go whole hotel. You spent a lot of time at the bar already. They apparently have Molly there. There's many ways you can have You fun. have a lot of money. You can go eat another room if you want it. The complete option. I hadn't even pondered because it involves yeah. spending money. I know. Uh, you got that Spencer money. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think his problems here are A, she's perfectly correct that he chose to stay around. That's a very much a psychological thing that needs to be unpacked. Yeah. But also point number two, he kept this clearly and intentionally hidden from her for a day and a half. And now he's trying to pretend that he didn't. And two, he kind of sucks in terms of presenting it. Of where he's yeah. Getting- I agree. Uh, here's here's a I, I I sorry if I cut you off, but here no, is you said how he presented it that I was going to do an exercise. Please, how would it how would it be if he just said this? Go. On. Well, Cameron had sex with a hooker. Yeah. Uh, here, yeah. Uh, we did Molly with him. I yep. know that sounds bad because it is. I I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. I think I put myself in that situation because after all this work with the company and the sale, I just wanted to be in college again for a little while. And like I was rolling with it, and then all of a sudden I found myself in this situation that was icky, and I didn't like it, and I was actually kind of embarrassed to tell you. Bang! And all, I, that, by the way, that all might be true. I think that all has. I think that's more. I think that's true enough to the point that he hasn't even realized it himself yet how true that is. I, 
I think if he had presented it in that way, preferably if he'd done it the first time he saw her when she got back, rather than waiting a day and a half. Yes, but if he did it the... now, he'd be better off than where he ends up this conversation. They okay, both so would be better off. Harper gets to scale of 1 to 10, very strict scale. She gets to a 12 drunk this episode. If he had done that, how drunk do you think she'd have gotten? I, I think... I feel like it's like an 8, maybe. <laughs> But here's the thing. She might have been as drunk, but she would have been drunk with him as a pairing rather than him circling three drunk people. Yeah. They could have been drunk as a couple rather than him just kind of watching in as his life unravels. There you go. That's that's the life lesson from Spencer. If you're drinkers, if you're drinkers, get drunk as a couple. That's what Spencer says. It is much better. Yes. Uh, he says he never lies to her, and she claims uh, we've already done that. She mm-hmm. points out she gave him every opportunity. This is your ilk, Spencer. These slimy lawyers set him up says, to fail. I gave you every opportunity. You called it. You called it perfect. impeachment. You said, you said three times she gave him the opportunity, and what she was doing was setting up for this exact moment, and it happened. You called it. She says, "I gave you every opportunity to tell me, and you didn't." Ethan then sort of backs up, and he says, "Well, he begged me not to tell anybody. Okay, I don't know. I, I guess I was worried that if I told you, that you would tell Daphne." Great line from her. She says, that was your worry? <laughs> Man, you, I, I tell you this. If you are, if you're, Spencer, if you're thinking about wrongfully terminating an employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, might yeah. want to do it outside fucking wherever she's barred. Because I don't want to <laughs> tangle with her. She, yeah, she's a bulldog. Uh, I, I got to say, we're reaching the end of the conversation. This basically from here is him. Again, if he can do everything wrong, he finds ways. Uh, he then tries to put it back on her as basically, oh. don't don't overreact to this. It wasn't a big deal. Could could he have done something worse as a capstone to the conversation? No, nothing. I don't think he could have. No, that's the worst thing. He, other than just say I, I was lying, I had sex with him. That's the worst thing he could have done because he made it. He tried to make her the, the problem. Yeah. And it's like, clearly that's not the case, man. No, stop cl- trying to gaslight somebody who's that fucking bright. Like, she's not going to buy it. How she wants to emotionally react to what you just revealed, whatever it is, is in this moment justified. You can unpack and analyze it later. What if she but shot her? Right now, she can react however she damn well pleases, and you're going to just deal with that. Even if what she, she shot, shot him? him? Was that what your question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, lethal or non-lethal? Non-lethal, we yeah, can talk. Right in the shoulder. That's shoulder. fine. Winging somebody between loved ones, that's a Tuesday. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. A little insight into Spencer's household. And this is what I was talking about, um, Spencer, with this conversation. I I think that he has not addressed the fact that he has something in him that wants to be in this sideways type of situation. There, Because there's something that still appeals to, to, to him about Cameron's friendship. Right. And I don't think it's I don't think that they can sit around and talk about the stock market. I think he's there. I think the only reason he even accepted this invite is because he wants Cameron to pull him into crazy a little bit. And that's something he needs to unpack. I think I think it's definitely an element of that. I also thought we have a little bit of a reveal of this episode that he wants to be in those situations. But this time he wants to win. This time he wants to be in control. This time he wants to be the one that ultimately prevails and is dominant is the the one that's running the situation rather than just being a passive during. I think he has a lot of that kind of uh, ingrained more alpha sense than of you weakness thought. in him. A little more alpha than you thought. And and, and it's not going it, to... Just a theory. I don't think it's going to work out. I think, no. I think his wife's no. going to fuck his friend, and I think it's going to be sideways for him. Um, I, so cut to me up. Oh, hey, score it. Score it. Out of 10, Ooh. in terms of his defense... Uh, 
how did he carry himself? One being he actually, you know, fell and broke his neck when he walked in the room. Tim being he not only got himself off, but the entire hotel is now pardoned. Four. 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 Pretty bad. Pretty bad. I, it's I, bad. I, I mean, he, he does make he does get to some of the important marks, right? Which is that I did not cheat. Cameron did. I was trying to cover for him. All that stuff is kind of fair, um, but everything else around it was crap. I, I think he starts at a five or a six, and I think he ends at like a three, maybe even going on a two. It, it's a mm. downhill progression in terms I of agree with wh- how, how he goes to the conversation. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, this is life lessons with Spencer Henley. Just don't do what Ethan's doing. Don't be an Ethan. Just don't. don't. Be Other than Ethan. the rich thing. Be, be the Other rich side of Ethan. Everything selling else. a pu- publicly traded company at the apex of its value. Yes, do that. Do a Mark Cuban, but don't do this. No. Uh, cut to Mia. She's getting ready. Uh, he asks her, uh, or, uh, sorry, uh, Lucia. Cut to Lucia. She's getting ready. And Albie asks her if she can. he can see her again. She says, of course. And he hugs her. And then she says, yeah, cool. Um, do you have my money? So, How disappointed were you? Well, you, you who shipped the crap out of these two last episodes purely well, in this scene, did this all, shatter your hopes? First of all, I'm I'm doing a fucking victory lap here. You need to go back and listen. Or eventually, we're gonna get there because I I asked you, is she? I was the one that brought this point up and said, is she expecting payment from Albie? And you were I like, no. I said no, absolutely no. I said I thought no. I also said I thought you, no, but you I did. thought there were, I left the window a little bit more open than you did on that one. Um, yeah, she she was expecting money. Um, he's confused, it, as you would imagine. Uh, it, we did we did get a price, Spencer. We got a price two k for overnights. Does that line up with your experience? I uh, you know she's setting her own rates. If I'm going to assess her, the main thing I'm going to judge her on is not her rates. Uh, it's her marketing. I mean, she went into the situation without clearly revealing her hand and setting precise terms, which is inviting an unnecessary dispute involving unenforceable contracts later. So. I really would give her better advice about how she can better present terms from the get-go and have a clear meeting of the minds agreement before she ever gets in these situations before that just invite problems. So 2K for an overnight, totally reasonable, totally reasonable. Eh, you know, I'd probably negotiate yeah. her down. Spencer says it's totally reasonable. I'll be, he says, uh, for what? And then he starts to piece it all together. And then she, it's, it's great acting, by the way, between these two, because Alby starts to figure out, oh crap, this is a prostitute. And she starts to go, oh crap, he didn't know. And she says, it's okay. It's okay. He explains he's never done anything like that before. She says, it's okay. She had fun. I like you. You're nice. You don't have to pay. Now, that is not a thing that she says to a lot of Johns. Maybe No, any. that's not a thing any John hears, really. That's not like that's not common in this profession to no. just say you don't have to pay. Nor, I like nor should you. it be expected to be. They're working on it. Absolutely, it shouldn't. I mean, this is like... Hey, Spencer, like I, I put a roof on your house, but you know what? We had a good conversation. Roof is free. That shit doesn't happen. Don't, she don't clearly say that does, to me. I'm jumping on that. She clearly has some sort of liking for him. I, there's something. And we'll get, she, she reveals her hand a little bit later that it might not be all this like lovey-dovey stuff. But mm. there is some part of her that I do, I do think likes Alvy. She never at any point that we saw mentioned what her career was and no. what she understood the relation to be. Was the assumption, something, a question to ask, was her, we'll say, assumption, or not saying that explicitly, because she thought he already knew about her her and the dad, or a long-term plan, or she just is kind of shit at her job? 
Well, I don't think she should at her job, sir. We yes. the first ten seconds of the episode would indicate she might be okay at her job. Hey. I think the administrative details might be passing her by. I, I do part think of the she's. Job. I think she's in the wrong here, and I, 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 I think she's in the wrong. She should have at some point told him that there would be a payment expectation. She should have slipped the number in at some point to him. I think that's totally an, an expectation. But I don't think she's saying you don't have to pay because she thinks she was wrong in that. I think no. she's saying you don't have to pay because she actually wants to see Albie again that night. And to what degree that is romantic or a long game, I'm not sure. That, but I but agree. We'll get to. Yeah. That we're going to have to get to because I'm starting to assume a certain element of strategic motivations on her part that I didn't Maybe. have before. Maybe. Yeah. And I don't... We'll get there. Um, he says he feels bad that, you know... Well, if I, I'm supposed to pay, I'll, like Albie's like basically, let me talk for Albie. For a Please go on. Yes, you've been I in did, this situation before. Go on. Yeah, let me explain for Albie the situation. What Albie means to say is, I didn't know you were a prostitute. However, I still enjoyed the experience. If I'm supposed to pay, I'll pay. If I have to pay tonight, I will. However, I would not like to continue you in some sort of downward spiral that would ultimately affect my conscience. Right. So what I need you to do is tell me, Albie, I'm going to be okay. I'm living a healthy life. I'm not in danger. And then I'll gladly pay you as much as you want every single night. Because my dad's a big Hollywood, you know, dude. And it, and by the way, he owes me one. So he's throwing me money left and right. When Albie writes the book on what happened later, that's going to be how he described his thought process. What the actual thought process was, was that kind of sound of when your computer blue screens just played what? nonstop. Yeah, it's tough. Um, she says, maybe they can hang out later. And he, it gets quiet. And she says, you don't want to see me again. I understand. That was actually kind of heartbreaking for me because I had the I had the sense that this conversation's happened to Lucia before. If she's where, this bad about presenting presenting what her cost is up front, yeah, I bet it's happened a few times before. Not that. What I meant was where she is going to want to see a guy again as a, as a, Outside like a social thing. And the guy doesn't want to after he figures out she's a prostitute. On this very podcast, you said multiple times, you hammered it home over and over again that you thought that there's a chance that he would not want to be around her, not want to have a relationship with her because she's a, pro a, pro a prostitute. We had a lot of people write in, a number of people write in and say that they agreed with you, that no guy would be okay with her being a prostitute, that that would not be an acceptable thing. It does seem here, I'm going to start the victory lap early, it does seem here that Albie is willing to continue a relationship with her, even though he knows she's a prostitute. I'm, I'm not even going to give you half credit yet, because one of my main codas on that was finding out about her and his dad. And that one hasn't been played yet, and I still suspect that one's going to be a deal breaker. That might. But the mere fact that she's a prostitute, I, I, had, faith that I, I had the faith that Albie could hang tough and be, a, and be a good guy here. And it looks like he is, because um, he says, I like you too. She walks out. She says, I'm sorry, I thought you knew on the way out. So she's continuing to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I thought you knew. She hmm. does kiss him goodbye. Albie closes the door. And I would describe Albie as kerfutzed here. As my kerfutzed is a wonderful way of describing the expression on his face when he turns around. It is profoundly kerfutzed. It may be all the way to kerfuddled. So you, first off, I, I don't, I, if I was king and emperor of the world, no one would be a sex worker who didn't want to be, obviously. I would, sure. bam, one one swipe, I would make that happen. I would also want you to stay in your relationship because you're happy, you love your, your partner, all that stuff. Sure. I'd also like another reality where this happened to you. 
because I would just like to watch you operate. Like, you, you, you would want. <laughs> it would just you, make it would make me laugh seeing you this kerfutzed because this whole situation is just like a whole like this whole this is like not even your world. So you it, you, you it's very Albie-esque, basically. You you want to be Toby in a situation where I Sam Seaborn come up and say, "So I accidentally slept mm-hmm. with a call mm-hmm. girl." That's what, what you want. That's what that's what we want our next day to be like. This is not, not a video podcast, but I did the Toby like whiplash. You what? very much did, yes. Yeah, that, that yeah, that would be. I, really I don't want that for me, but I would be very glad for you to be amused, and I There's probably a, would come to you first, and I can't even imagine what your reaction would be. Well, we would probably enjoy it over a buffet. Uh, Cut to Tanya and Portia, who are having that said breakfast buffet. Portia seems to be nursing a hangover. Tanya tells her she's talked to her lawyer about getting the marriage annulled. Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. She I is. did not that they threw that in. I did not see that coming. This idea that she would she just be ready to move on from Greg. Like uh, T- Tanya's your girl. What? I know Tanya's your girl. Feel like she's going a bit fast when it comes to this without even talking to the dude. No way. No, she's right. Based on what? She has had no information other than what we have seen. This isn't enough to get an annulment at this point. Well, I don't know. Look, that that's up to your ilk to decide. But what I I'm saying is that well, like the fact that she that's outside of my ilk. She might be. Well, you can annul marriages legally, right? Like, you can, yes. Yeah. Um. So don't look at me schooling you know, on the legal stuff. Shout, Shout out. out me. Um. I think that uh the fact that she's ready to move on from the marriage, I think, is smart. Um. I, you know, it probably is proving Greg's point that she drops people very quickly. But we know. That this would be beneficial to her long term because Greg has another wife. No, we don't actually or girlfriend know that. or something. Girlfriend or something. Again, we have only the information that Tanya, yeah. through her warped, limited perspective, has no. seen, and she has just run with that under the not too subtle influence it, of the I'll rich gays that she's with. I'll see you soon, babe. Like, oh, honey, I got to go to have a budget discussion. Oh, babe, I'll see you soon. Okay, you you have criticized Harper nonstop for keeping this hidden from Ethan, keeping her what she thought she knew hidden from Ethan for like a day or two. How is Tanya not doing the exact same thing and just running with it even farther? Right well, I'm now? not sure that Tanya even knows. Did Tanya even hear the conversation that he had with? We don't know for sure. No, we don't. No. So let me. So I she's think... purely just he left her in Sicily. That's enough. exactly yes. But she's stumbling upon the right answer because we know we don't even. But we don't know that. I do. She's completely off the reservation is basically yeah, what you're she, saying. She might, but she's right. She's, we don't, we don't know. And this Spencer, is this show. She, it's White Lotus. She's at the blackjack table. There's a 10 covered. There's a seven in front of her. She's she saying says, hit. hit me. She says hit and it's a four. It's a four that the dealer's got. She doesn't know it, but the dealer's got a four. That's what it, I'm saying. It's a four or it's a five and we don't know yet. I do. Um, she then asked Portia if she's oblivious. Tanya, you will, you will see no bigger advocate on the, any White Lotus podcast than me. Yes, Proper white knight. You are super oblivious. Yes, you are. <laughs> Is yeah. there anyone more more oblivious that we've seen so far in this show? Or is she the avatar of obliviousness brought to Earth? She's number one. Maybe Rocco? I think she has to be. I think she has to be. Maybe, uh, Valentina is competing in different ways right now but that's, yeah, that's we'll, we'll get Giuseppe there. maybe no I, I think she's number one for sure Portia Gamely says no 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 of course you're not boss boss uh, Tanya goes on to say that she should have started the spa for poor women with the woman from Maui yes you should have yes. very much should have 
That was a shitty move on her part. That was really shitty what she did with that lady. She I gotta did, say. She, she did give her 20K, but still, still. If you're in a situation where giving nice. somebody 20,000 and you're still shitty, that's a special situation. I would like to know. This is another alternative universe. How shitty you'd have to be to give somebody $20,000. What guilt gift would... What, yeah. what, How far would you have to go to get that, that number? That's a lot of guilt. How, it's big. It's big, folks. I'm right now pondering which Did you kill the children. whole family or kill yeah, the extended family? I was family? literally thinking, which of your children did I kill? I mean, we, we, we got we to got unpack 20K, this. holy that, smokes. That, that kid was under six months. How emotionally attached were you, really? She says she was a real healer, this lady in Maui. The real deal. Sometimes I, I think those healers are a little witchy. Maybe she put a curse on me. Maybe so. Sure. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. Uh, matter of fact, I think that she took you 20K and promptly forgot you. That's what I think happened. Cut to breakfast with Dominique Albi. Bert. Dominique asked Albi how his night was. Well, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, it's fine, fine, Dad. Fine. I got to go to the bank. What? I got to go to the bank. Dominique tries to give him 200 euros, but Albi says, not enough. I was really hoping Dominique would have turned to him and said, what do you need, about 2000 I wanted Dominique and Bert to be much more direct with Albie right here. I really did. I, that, that joke would have been hilarious if he did that did it that way. But I wanted, him to, I, I wanted him to straight up say, son, we know you slept with a hooker last night. Even if he asked, well, how do you know that? It's like, are we wrong? It's a conversation that they delay too long because well, they have legitimate... Things that need to be discussed right now that they just, because he's afraid of it getting revealed. How old do you think Albie is? Because he went to Stanford. That means he He, graduated graduated from Stanford. I'm picturing Albie being like 22, 23. I think recent graduate. If he's 22, 23, it's not his dad's business if he's sleeping with a prostitute. Not even remotely. I think it's his dad's business to at least have the talk. If he says, Dad, fuck off, that's fine. The dad shuts okay. up. But if the dad, right, if dad says, Son, you're getting money because you slept with a girl you didn't know was a prostitute. Well, hold on. He, nah, he, he, that, that's a detail he would not be No, I'm assuming a conversation occurs right now and that Albie reveals that detail. It's like, well, the how problem okay here. Is this really, and how much do you really want to hang out with her later? Well, I mean, the problem here is that in any discussion about women, Dominique has zero ground. He has to cede every bit of ground. To, I mean, Anik, Obi-Wan levels of high ground are being given to Albie in every single one of these conversations. And it's it, it's not like at some point, if Dominique wants to continue being a father, he's got to say, here's what here's what I'm bad at. Here's what I've screwed up at. But we cannot bring it back to that every time we talk. Because I, I, we are not talking about that right now. And I think I think he'd be wise to almost start the conversation with a certain element of weakness. Is that, Albie, I know something about manipulating people and hurting people. You know that. I also know something about prostitutes. You know that, too. So I'm speaking from here from a place of knowledge. I know about that one. I, I bet Albie would not, 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 not be too surprised by that. But if he shows a certain element of weakness, but I'm speaking from a place of knowledge here. It's not a great place of knowledge, but I know something here. And I need to offer you some dadly advice right now. It, 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 He'd listen. It, he would listen to that. And that uh, I know Albie. I'm the I'm the defense attorney for Albie this episode. He, Albie would listen to that. My, but it's a, my it's, client will parlay. It's a, it's a showing of weakness though that is not in Dominique's character. No, it is not. To really because, do that. Why? It's a problem for this conversation. Why? Because whose fault is it? 
the next Bert, guy. It's Bert's fault. It's someone else's fault always with Dominique. That's, that's, yes. that's, Dominique sucks, by the way. He really sucks. Yeah, we're going to get there. Um, I do really enjoy the Bert, the Bert looks in this scene. Bert looks eating. great. Bert's great. I love Bert. This actor, uh, he has gotten so good at eating and giving people eating shit with his eyes. He's just giving yes. people shit with his eyes as he's eating. It's really fun. Dominique sees Lucia and Mia walking by the table. They go by the table of Cameron, Daphne, Harper, and Ethan. Cameron and Ethan hide as they go by, and Lucia whispers to Mia that Cameron and Ethan still owe them money, which they do because they knew they had to pay, Spencer. They were very aware they had to pay. Matter of fact, Cameron said, money, babe, that's the one thing I do got. Interesting question, by the way. He paid her 1800 1900 How much did he pay her last episode? 1800 she said. And he owes her another thirteen, right? That's what she says this episode? Yeah, so the Molly's 100 bucks. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cameron then says that Daphne is pissed because two. Because two. It's not. That's why it's three. The, the the math of threesomes continually confuses me, but I'm it, here. It's, it's, I, I think it's base price 3000 because because Mia was included and $100 extra for the Molly. That's my guess. Okay. So it, it, it's nice when you can bring a friend and it's half price. That's, that's, a, that's a hell of a bargain right there. Do they do that at Costco? Do they offer whores half price at Costco? I have not no, no, yet no, no, seen no. that aisle. Well, you know what? If they start offering if they start, you're going to know. <laughs> Again, if, if 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 they start offering dollar fifty hot dogs and prostitutes at Costco, I'm just I, I'm not even leaving. I'm just living in the building now. If they ever start that, you will be you'll you'll be Johnny on the spot. You will know immediately. Spencer is a Costco man through and through. <laughs> Lee, remember we talked about Costco membership the other day. Cameron Cameron then says that Daphne is pissed at him, which sparks Harper's interest, right? I think there's this modicum of like, oh, God, are we all going to actually have the conversation we should have? Ah, no, but it turns out she's just mad because they had their, quote, big night out without them. Man, Harper is shooting daggers at everybody. I'm not breaking new ground here. I've had a lot of people say this. I've read about this in the reviews. It is abundantly clear to me that... Aubrey Plaza has said, I am now going to be April from Parks and Rec, yeah. but a dark April. Like, it's it's Sith April is what she is in this episode. There are, are people that I can imagine I could weather the gaze of who stared at me, Oof. you know, with that element of hate. Aubrey Plaza is not one of those. I'm melting through the through my the, the TV right now. I she can't can imagine what, 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 what Ethan's going through. She does it all episode. Uh, Cameron says that they he's booked them a car to go out to Etna and try some of the wines from the vineyards near the mountains because Spencer apparently this wine's got minerals in it so if you drink it your skin gets super beautiful can, can you imagine how much I rolled my eyes when I heard Daphne saying that I just like oh god tell me about toxins please I want to hear more about toxins especially since alcohol you know abuses your liver and therefore it causes a lot of toxins to build up and actually is bad for your skin ah, i'm sorry daphne it's wrong but you know what for one day fuck it you know what daphne it'll make your skin beautiful go to etna do the thing she she gets up and she looks lovely she's one of those people always i woke up like this cameron asked ethan if he's okay and he says yeah, yeah it's cool by me if it's good with harper why because i'm a great husband obviously great husband harper do you want to go do you want to go harper says yeah let's go get drunk Maybe we could find some Molly and really rage. She gets up to leave. <clears throat> Cameron, smiling, not breaking smile, turns neck, looks at Ethan like, what the fuck has just occurred here? And Daphne, pleasantly su- 
ple- just ple- not, not pleasant, just sort of pleasantly existing, happy, smiling, no problem. Everything's good with Daphne. All good. Why? Why, Spencer? She's, she's got, got a, a trainer back up. She's got a little surprise of herself. We'll get, uh, we'll yeah. Que- question, by the way. I'm curious. Yo. You, you are a Daphne whisperer. We've, we've discussed this many times on the podcast. Love her. Uh, what would be your bet on to what degree she already knows exactly what happened the other day? She knows that Cameron probably cheated. Yes. I think the... Probably, she plays ignorant with oh of course yeah, she doesn't care but yes. but very quickly into Harper's reaction in this scene I'm sure she was able to piece together that Cameron had cheated and that maybe Ethan did she doesn't know Ethan well so she could assume that Ethan did so um, I think it, she knows right away that's my it, guess because she 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 maintains the persona of a ditz but it comes across to me as a polite facade rather than what she actually is knowingly aware of I think that there is a connection with. Lucia. I am not calling Daphne a sex worker. I am not saying that. But I am saying that she is trying to put herself in the best long-term financial situation and is willing to overlook some uncomfortable situations in the short term. I think that's fair. I think I, I think it's beyond just simply financial that she has this she has an understanding of what the balance books are and she has an understanding of what she needs to write the scales. Cut to me and Lucia. Guess what, Spencer? They love that free breakfast buffet. I'm with them. Straight up with them. Breakfast I got a question for you on this. I've been thinking about this this week. About breakfast buffets? Yeah. So if you're at a regular continental, let's say it's a Hampton Inn breakfast, continental breakfast buffet, right? So it's not, I'm not yeah. talking about like the five star, right? I'm talking about like the, they got the waffle maker, the bagels, the, you know, the normal that you would get at a continental breakfast. What are you eating at a normal continental breakfast? The people okay. want to know. Is there any meat at this continental breakfast? Yeah, you got some like what you got some like a uh, couple hours warmed over uh, bacon in one of those little server things, those metal server things. You had to look lit up. I pretty much get a taste of everything other than the toast. Typically, the toast. Do you get a like waffle? The, I, I I I will get a waffle if it's there. I will. Will I you will do the? It. Will you pour the batter? I will pour the batter and nice. I, will, I, I will I will do it right there. I I, I like it. I, if, if this is what is available at the breakfast buffet, I like a tasting. I like to get a full array of everything of every mix of flavors that they have at the Best Western. Okay, there you go. There you go, America. You got your answer. Uh, Lucia tells Mia she thinks it's a lucky week for them. Mia agrees. Lucia says the boy is rich and very innocent. This I know we both had the same reaction. Yeah, it, I like Lucia. I want to assume the best about it. She's the best. This conversation feels tactical. This conversation feels to a certain degree like, hey, I had a long-term goal of getting a shop. This may work into that. Here's the thing. Thoughts? I'm curious. Here's the thing, though. We're adults now, right? We are. you, ostensibly. In only legal ways, but yes. People... People take into account their financial situation when they're picking a partner. It, they, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hallmark. I'm sorry, Twilight fans. I'm sorry, the anybody who is a base romantic. That is that that probably sounds terrible and awful and shallow. But the reality is, the vast majority of people do take into account the financial situation of their partner when they're picking a partner. I don't think that makes you a bad person. I think it's just something that happens it and it happens especially with people who are financially insecure it does 
and I fully understand it. I can even appreciate how's it. How's that for a Mia? How's that for a Lucia defense? It's a hell of a Lucia Woo! defense. The problem I have with it is when it's unbalanced. When one person is getting into a relationship for one reason, the other person is getting into a relationship for another reason, and those two don't perfectly square or overlap. That's a lack of honesty and openness in the relationship that can cause problems. And there are so many problems that are waiting to blow up. Spencer, he likes her, she's attractive, she likes him, he has money. If that yeah. doesn't work, then 70% of marriages in fucking America need to get divorced. Uh, I, I, I'm uh, 30%. That. I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm behind that statistic you just offered right there. Probably Spencer, a certain percentage of- well, that well, I mean, they they would have to go through your office. <laughs> Revenue for me, your kid would make a lot of money, a lot of billable hours. <laughs> what worries me about Albie is that Al, yeah, that he, I think he's going to do the exact same thing he did with Portia. Is that hey, there, there's a girl that I'm having a little bit of interest in, may have interest in me. I'm going to jump in both feet immediately and invite her back to California with me. Yes, he's going to do that if she's alive. God, why do you keep offering that? Uh, I have problems with that, particularly under the current not complete information that they're both op- that one of them is operating under. I don't. I know you don't. I do, and I fully I, understand I, your position and disagree. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, if you're telling twenty three year olds not to jump into relationships too fast, then good fucking luck because they're going to do it. You know, like I, he's got to learn. He's got to learn his lessons, take his bumps. I think me. I think Lucy is a good hang. I think ultimately she's Dude, not she's not going to do anything to really hurt him long term. Yes, she's going to leech some money off of him, but you know life goes on. I don't know. I don't see this as a really bad situation. Dude, on you knew life. me when I was twenty three. I was telling fellow twenty three year olds that you're going too fast. You need to slow down. You don't. You need, you need to think out the relationship. This is not new. No, fair, but you. So you've been consistent, and I think most twenty three. I think twenty three year olds writ large are consistent that they generally yes. do jump in. I I think this is fine. I'm not as concerned about it as you are. The main problem I have with it is that she has information that he does not have that he will care about. And the fact that that's not being fully revealed to him is, whether it's a big deal long-term, whether it interferes with the long-term, the fact that he's going to go into this just with a full head of steam and she has something that is at least possibly, acknowledge possibly it's a deal-breaker. So what you're telling telling me, what you're telling me is if you're about to get in a relationship with someone and they've slept with your parent, you want to know that? Yes, I'm actually going to say yes. Well, I would Jesus prefer Christ, to know that. Now I mean, there's no please in you. There's, I mean, my God. I know. I, I the, the, the the amount of deal breakers I have are longer than my arm, and that one is like number thirty five. I've got issues. Good lord! Valentina walks by. Lucia calls her the witch. Mia runs off. She asks Valentina if she can play while Giuseppe's away, and Valentina very abruptly says, "No, rudely, I might say." Uh, don't even think about it, she says. In this conversation, we learned that Giuseppe is, in fact, not dead. He has survived. Mm-hmm. He has survived his Molly overdose. Valentina says, tells Mia to stay away from the piano. Mia says, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk. Yeah, I, I see you're not in the mood. We'll just we'll just chat later on this. Um, uh, cut to, do, 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 should but, we think negative of Mia that she doesn't even ask about Giuseppe? No. I'm a little negative that she put him in that situation and she's not even checked. But she, I don't even know if she, I don't know, I wouldn't go so far as to say she looks disappointed to find out that she's alive, that he's alive. But if he was dead, it might work better for her plans. Business is business. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, she should have asked. She, she should at some point, I don't know if it's this conversation, she at some point should care that he's alive. How about that? I will I, say, I'll, I get, I'll hoped, grant that small amount of ground with these two women that I've decided have not done anything wrong. I, okay. I'm a well known person. 
I'm a well-known bad person. We've discussed this. Yeah, If course. I literally cause somebody to go in the hospital, A, I'm going with them to the hospital and probably staying there. Or B, I'm at least going to be the first person to find out they're okay. Yeah. Mia is not in that category, apparently, though. Uh, hey, we, I, you want to know if some, your, your partner slept with your parent. I mean, you're uh, okay, unbelievable sorry. with all these requests. Yeah, sorry, ah! sorry. Finding out if somebody's okay in the hospital is number 37 on that list. It's a long list. It clearly is. We're uncovering them beat by beat. Cut to Dominic walking up to Lucia. He says, hello. He asked her very abruptly. A lot of abrupt going on in this episode, which I like. That's what I said. I like this episode. It's a lot of uncomfortable situations. If she's been charging stuff to his room, not much. Just little food. Just little food, Spencer. Just... Uh, uh, how much do you think that bill is at this point? Is it this? An it's surprising to me he hasn't checked. Is this an all-inclusive resort? I'm assuming no. not. No, a lot. Then they've gotten a lot of meals because they keep saying drinks. charging food. He says charge food. He yeah. wouldn't say charge food. It was all-inclusive. Well, drinks may not be included. Who knows? But ah, uh, I'm. If, we're 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 talking thousands at thousands. a minimum. Thousands. I don't think going as far as 10 at this point, no, but comfortably in the thousands. But he immediately then goes back to the transactional nature of their relationship and says, well, it's not a problem. Maybe in exchange, you stay away from my son. Whatever you do, do not say anything to him about you and me, okay? She then asked him if, uh, he said, did you go to my father's room? And she goes, no. Well, maybe one time. We took showers. He then says, that's not cool, which I will grant this. I will grant this ground. That was not cool. I will grant that. That's not cool. That's not cool. They're it's not cool they're charging as much at this point, given that they're effectively their business relationship yeah. has ended. That's yeah, also that's him. not cool. Fuck him. But going into the dad's room and that's showering tough. Tough. and attempting to lie about it to start, neither of those are cool. I agree. Uh, the charging stuff I'm okay with because Dominic sucks, but this mm, is too far. Um, he tells her uh, they do not want to create a situation. Spencer, what do you think he means by the word situation? Because I thought what he meant was don't make me have to tell the hotel to get you out of here. Like, don't make I- me... Pull the, I, the atomic bomb and get you kicked out of here. I thought he actually just meant, I, I don't want my son to find out, and you're flirting with that. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, Buona Ginorta. Buona Ginorta, which means have a nice day. She returns it, blows him a kiss, kind of mockingly as he leaves. Yes. Cut to Portia, packing up and leaving a room. Alpi approaches. He asks her if she's leaving, and she explains she's going to Palermo. Going to Palermo. Since we got to go to Palermo, me go and you, Palermo. buddy. After enough. Just a couple guys, hey, going to Palermo. Like, on, a bo- you know, on a boat. Couple couple college buddies getting together, going to Sicily. I mean, what could go wrong? Um, we, we, we've done that with hot, with rich gay guys before. How else does e- one spend a trip easy to Sicily? Peasy. Got to get on that boat somehow. She then apologizes. Um, she says, you know, I couldn't get away. He then says, yeah, I saw you were busy. She says, well, you hmm. seem like you were a little busy yourself. So they're talking all the way around it, just all the way around. Uh, they stand there awkwardly. She says, seriously, though, have a nice life. He says, I'll try you too. Bye, Portia. She seems a tad wistful. I, I'm sure that she's doing the what might have been thing sure. um, because that's Portia's nature. She's never going to be happy with any decision she makes or anything that's going on. It's always going to be grass is greener over there. Albie's going to be like the guy that got away once she figures out that Jack is basically a prostitute. Like, it's going to be a problem for her, right? Because she can't just accept. Like, it's, it's always that little wistful bit. Absolutely. Do you think that these two are done interacting for the next two episodes? No. No. I think they are going to come back together. I don't mean relationship-wise, but I think they are in somewhat... Their two scenarios are going to overlap or cross, and it's going to be a problem. I don't think they would have given us this, like over-the-top obvious have-a-nice-life thing if they weren't then going to get and have a scene together. Strong agree. 
they don't give they don't give clean heartfelt goodbyes in white lotus that doesn't happen this show doesn't believe in clean period regardless (laughs) of the context no not even not even rooms not even clean rooms the morning after you know what what that's the best by the way that's the best advice we've ever given on any podcast is if you're drunk in a hotel and you wake up the next morning, get your ass to the lobby and let them clean the room for an hour. That's the Absolutely. best advice we have ever given anybody on a podcast. What, do we know whether he let the cleaning service in? I think I think he said he let them in. Did he just or did he just tell them to go away? He told them to go away. Okay, just just checking about whether I have to give. And that's a no go. That's not what. You, that's the exact opposite of what you do. You you leave the room, let them clean. I just want I need to check whether I need to, needed to give the uh, cleaning service at White Lotus a very negative review for not finding a condom on the couch. Ooh, that would be condom rough, wrapper. Right? That would be a little tough if they didn't clean that up. Cut to Isabella. She goes to Draco, who's talking to Isabella. Or uh, cut to Valentina. She goes to Draco, who's talking to Isabella. She says, hello to Isabella. Tells her she likes her brooch. Looks good on her. Star upon a star. This was awkward. This was tough. I'm mirroring Rocco's expression as he's watching this go down. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. If Rocco wants to know what got him to the beach club, it was that look. That, That look of... I'm uncomfortable for you because he right sort now. of made a joke out of, out of Isabella there, and she noticed. Yes, um, Valentina noticed, and I don't think she liked it very much. Anyway, the cut, <coughs> excuse me, has Via del Campo by Fabrizio De Andra playing Via del Campo. Spencer, everyone knows the song. You don't know the name of it, I, but this is a this is a song everyone has heard before. This is like a really really great piece. It is a great piece that is practically the Kleenex of songs in terms of everyone's awareness of it. I did not know the name. I'm happy to now know it. But I've been exposed to it for years. Cut to a couple's retreat. Arrive, the couple's retreat arriving at the wine tasting. Notice that when they get out of the car, Harper puts a cowboy hat on. Like she's like cowboy Brock Lesnar going to the ring. Like she is like ready <laughs> to fucking fight when she puts this. this th- she's like in Yellowstone now. Like, let's go, everybody. Yes. Uh, cut to the table. Daphne and Cameron are just sitting there making out. Now, you are a, we all know, over-the-top physical person. Of course. Question for you. Even you, married couple, sitting at a table, prolonged making out. That's weird, right? That is very weird. That is incredibly weird. That's, That's so weird. That's as weird as it is inappropriate. It, nothing about that is normal. I, it's I, so strange. It's to the point that Harper has a brief moment of looking over at the the server that's there with the bottle of wine, saying, "Are you watching this too?" Yeah, her she starts mocking them with the waiter. That's tough. That when you're yeah. when you're part when your dinner guest is selling you out to the waiter, you've gone too far. Yeah, clearly something has gone wrong to reach this point. The waiter starts to pour, and Harper asks for more, more, more. She just knocks it back. I get, matter of fact, every single time I watched it, I clocked it. Every single time we see her with a wine glass, this episode, she knocks it back. She does not. She does nothing but take it all down in one gulp. There's no taste. There's no tasting. There's no savoring here. She's not hitting the what was it? The notes of plums and prickly pears. She is Done. here to get drunk, and she's found a very expensive means of doing so. So um, I don't. I, I don't drink. You do. When do you go to any of these wine tastings like this? And if so, do you pretend you taste the thing? Uh, no, I openly say that no. I, 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 You're that I guy? You suck. You're that guy? You sit there and say, oh, I don't taste it? I straight up say, we, we did a Whiskey on the Weekends podcast at one point. You know that I just straight up say what I did and didn't get. I'm I just not didn't gonna... know. Well, that was different, right? Because that was just this guy sitting around. Like, a lot of people, when they go to these wine tastings, do feel the performative element of it. They feel like they've got to, like, 
you know, swirl it in the glass and taste it and go, mm, mm, mm. you don't do any of that shit? No, no, I'll do that. I, I will do that because that's part of the experience. But I won't, like, make up flavors I didn't taste. If, if, if it tasted like something, I will describe how it tastes. But in terms of the flourish and the flair, eh, yeah, as you said, that is part of the experience of being there. I'm happy to replicate it. But it, all, all this prickly pear and notes of plums, half the time it, does, it doesn't taste anything like that to me, and I've got no problem saying such. Did you know? Research suggests um, strongly that no one, except for maybe a very few percentage of like maybe sommeliers, but like the like ninety nine percent of people in the world cannot tell the difference between a cheap wine and an expensive wine. Even I, even regular wine drinkers. I, I have heard it, and I fully one hundred percent believe it. Uh, so I believe it too because I remember when I would when back when I drank, I would go to these things. I always felt like I had to pretend that I tasted something yes. I didn't taste. It, Shout it, out to you for having the confidence to just say "fuck it," I don't taste it. But I didn't. I always felt like I had to be like, "Yeah, yeah, you know what? Plum. That's right, plum." I, I, I'm fine with an, I'm fine with enjoying the room, but psychosomatic shit just frustrates me. And people's opinions on wine that seems to rank high for how that goes. Cut to the boat. Party music is playing appropriately because it's a party. Some real slappy music going on here. This thing's slapping hard, man. I really like the soundtrack to this episode. I just want to point that out. So the captain came over, welcomes Tanya in Italian. She can't understand Italian, so she responds in English, of course, uh, asking him about his little cap. Quentin explains he can't understand English or Italian for that matter. Uh, He's an older fellow. Tanya wants to know if the boat can go faster. Portia then says, uh, he's just going to show me around downstairs. (laughs) I was taking bets in my mind at this point whether Tanya would realize, and I was so proud of her that yeah, she's completely she on top of it. Yeah, she, she, she's, not, she's not oblivious about this. Quentin well, but, then well, sorry, says... Jack was completely on top of it, but Tanya's close. Whoa, there we go. Here you go. Here's a quote for you, Spencer. Let's unpack this one. Or hold it and unpack it later. Quentin, I think it's nice for him to have someone of his own age to play with. Play with was an interesting word choice. He's got his cards. He tipped them. He's tipped just, his cards Just a bit. Just a bit. I don't Here's that inside know. straight that I got that I'm holding. Here it is, everybody. You can see it. I think he tipped his hand there. We commented before <laughs> that we had some questions about their relationship last episode, that some things didn't seem to perfectly line up for being family. This episode makes it much more clear what the nature of their family relationship is. Some of them are quite strong, Jack said. Some of the yeah. guys are quite strong. Um, Tanya asked Quentin when he moved to Sicily, he says when his father moved there in the 80s. He then said he left the villa to him uh, and it's never ending upkeep keep that, track of that data that point. one aside Tanya asks if he loves it there and he says yeah, yeah, yeah it could be very seductive and then we see Jack and Portia seductively heading to the bedrooms nice cutaway their cutaways are hammer nail wang bang 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 like they just their cutaways are just <laughs> obvious man <laughs> it, it, it is very much the classic and fade to black we, yeah. it, it's HBO. They don't have ratings concerns, but this feels very much like a 90s sitcom of, and then they hooked up. Do you remember the one where they were doing, like, uh, it was at the beginning of this episode. So, uh, Lucia is on top of Albie. Yes. It's about to I, I was up. aware of watching it's that about scene, to. Yes. Yeah, I, I bet you, yeah, you had to take some very copious notes on that scene, I'm sure. I drew a picture. And, <laughs> and, then, and then, right as he's about to, you know, they cut to a a huge wave like water gushing i was like oh my god I, I, oh my I god did, they have I no shame a, zero i shame. did a pro- i did a proper picard face palm when that happened I was like oh my god that's what you're going with 
Yeah, sure. they don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, I'm telling you. Hammer, nail, they're just whacking him. Yeah. Cuts Valentina going up to Rocco, reassigning his ass to the beach club. You, sir, may fuck off and go to the beach club. So I guess the beach club is actually part of the resort. I did not realize that until just this moment. It's an impressive resort. It certainly is. I mean, you were going to go. Uh, Rocco would prefer to stay at reception. He makes it perfectly too. clear. Um, but uh, it's going to surprise you, Spencer. Valentina will not allow that. Uh, nope. Not going to happen. Not on her watch. I think she also, this is interesting too, she takes pains to make it clear why. Yeah, she says he he distracts others with his flirting. And, by the way, he can do that all he wants at the beach club. It'll it'll work perfectly there. That is brazen. That is really brazen. Spencer, you're you're a, a man that has had a lot of professional success. Can you imagine saying this to someone who reports to you? Hey, you can go flirt over there. They'll like it better. God, no. I would feel dirty even saying that, much less actually feeling that as a reason of moving moving an employee around. Valentina doesn't give a fuck. Why? Because she got the job through nepotism. That is my headcanon, as established on this podcast. Not not on the show, but established on this podcast. At this point, I'm starting to wonder whether the White Lotus is a hiring practice of just every manager of every resort has to be gay. We have have a data point of two, but that's what we have. You think Valentina is going to be popping pills and doing blow soon? Didn't think so until you said it, but you know it rhymes. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's uh, maybe in it, play. Underwater, overwater, cut again. Basically, we don't know which which way is up, Spencer. Why? Because we're drinking. Because because mm. we cut to the wine tasting, and Harper is just yamming home some more wine. Bang bang, um, Spencer. Uh, are you supposed to drink wine like that? No, no. Would you recommend not, it? Not at the price of the per bottle they're probably paying for that shit. Save rate at that expense. Forget the price for a second. I can't. Spencer, Spencer out there to the kids. You don't gulp wine. That's a, that's no, you a bad Don't one. gulp wine. Don't, among the things that you can chug, wine ain't on that list. Don't Cameron do it. Is doing, uh, that, that thing at the wine testing that everyone does, which is when it's over, you say, which one was that? Which, which one is that? Which, and we're going to buy a case of the, which one and that one and the, which, we're going to buy 12 of those? Like, you basically most people lose all track of which ones they like or didn't like, and they're just blindly buying shit at the end of it. I, I had a friend that went to enough wine tastings that he actually brought stickers with him, so that he could just put stickers on the glasses afterwards, so that he could keep track. Yeah. Well, the reality is, what you think is good when you're at point oh one is different than what you think is good at point one four anyway. Right. So you're kind of fucked all all the way around, unless you do the thing that real wine tasters do and spit the wine out. Yeah, rigor is out the window if you're actually drinking this. The moment you drink it, you've completely altered the palate going forward. So Harper then asks a question and asks if Ethan and Cameron have ever slept with the same girl. Whoa. And this is the most mild... I mean, this is a weird thing to say. This is her mild in terms of where she's going to go with this over the course of this episode. What would you do? Like, if you have... Because you have a bunch of friends I don't know about that you refuse to tell me about. What mm-hmm. if you were out with one of those couples? Yes, yes. And you got this question from a couple, from not your wife, from your, your not your partner, but a, a friend's wife. How much what, wine what do you, I have? How do you handle, I, I don't know. I mean, like a couple glasses. I mean, how do you handle this? Like, I, Cameron's a piece of shit, right? But Harper is putting him in a tough spot by asking these super sexual questions. Because you don't want to be rude and shut her down and say, hey, that's inappropriate. But at the same time, I'm not sure I want to be talking about super sexual stuff with my buddy's wife. What would I mean, make Cameron it, does, but that's a different story. But what would make it even more awkward <clears throat> is the fact that it's his wife that asked the question. If it's someone else at the table, 
I feel like you can laugh at it a lot easier than if it's your partner that's presenting it to the table. Oof. I, I would, for, for the first question, to avoid the awkwardness, I would try to just play it off and make a joke out of it and you know, just make not it. Not answer it seriously, though. Not answer it seriously, but make a little joke with the, with the you know, Cameron and this equivalent. Like, ah, you know. In some way, make it a fun experience for the table going into it. Maybe even transition Look to a you, different... selfless social guy that you are. You know Help what I'd everybody out. I'd probably, you know, have a brief laugh with him and then transition it into another story about something that we did do together. And then go with that to try to that send it in a different direction. Deftly done, sir. That would be I'm very good. I'm not sure it would work with Carper, though. Dog with a bone. Uh, Harper is here to break the, make this as awkward as possible. Specifically mm-hmm. as awkward for Ethan as possible. And let me tell you all the ways that Cameron sucks. I'm going to start... Now, but I'll continue through the rest of this episode. He says him and Ethan didn't have a lot of dating overlap. Can we just spoil now? What a Cameron, fucking asshole. Cameron is at least going to be top three on our list of worst vacation partners this episode. He stinks. Well, there's one that is with a bullet, but yeah. I said top Cameron, three. We're going to debate yeah, He this. stinks, man. He really, that thing of no dating overlap, there is no reason to say that. Other than to put yourself above your buddy. You know That's why you Even if it's true, there's no reason to say that out loud unless you want to just put yourself over your friend. I agree. You know the other reason he's doing it too? Hmm. He's reading Harper correctly. He's reading Harper correctly that she's trying to put Ethan on the spot and he's responding to that. He is bo- Not only is he just trying to put one up on his buddy, he's effectively boxing his buddy out of the conversation. With. Have a one-on-one conversation with Harper. With his wife. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Harper pushes the issue. Ask about a threesome. Ethan then explains that Cameron would always sleep with the girls he liked before he could. Says that if he ever told a girl he liked him, whoop, Cameron would sweep right in and have sex with him. Within a week, Daphne, speaking for all of us, says, Cameron, rude. Rude. Very rude. Ethan, you, he says this, which um, I have thoughts about. Ethan tells Cameron, you have a bad case of something called mimetic desire. If someone has a higher status than you, uh, someone of higher status than you wants something, it means it's more likely that you'll want it to. And I have to say, by this definition, eighty percent of America has this problem. Yeah, just yeah. That, the, the whole concept of keeping up with the Joneses is a stereotype for a reason. The vast majority of people fall into this. I do think you happen to be dealing with two people who might not in me and you, but most people do. I think I, fall into this. I feel like he diagnosed capitalism here. It's like the wanting wanting things that other people have partly because they seem awesome because they have them is kind of what drives the global economy. I feel like, I think Cameron would have gotten he was too stunned by Ethan being aggressive in this conversation, but I think he could have got one up on him by just going, "Oh, yeah, if my I, I like nice shit. Yeah, you got it. You're right. I do yeah, really like nice shit. Going out, yeah, you're have really, you seen my wife? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Some that'd be perfect. That'd be a perfect response to that. Yeah. yeah. It's like it, it, this feels like something Ethan has been workshopping in his head for this confrontation for yes. like 20 years. It's not and a good place for it. it, it, it it's enough to catch Cameron off guard that I'm going to give Ethan some points because he's, I don't think, ever done that before. Doesn't but seem like I, I don't know. I don't think it lands as strongly as Ethan wants it to, even if I think it's an accurate read on Cameron and a lot of other people. I think it's a little too chaotic to land perfectly because Cameron then says, you don't have a higher status than me. Ethan says, not Ben, maybe. You know, basically saying I got more money than you now. He then says, I mean, I'm smarter than you. Um, he then said, this is something you say to me all the time. I'm smarter than you. He then says uh, that maybe Cameron well, thought that by having. Many words. You, I, you have, I've caught you multiple times this week implicating it. You've been implicated, sir. In I, I the, I'm be, really smart I can't comments. be judged for implication. Can't be judged. I, I, I have a concussion. I hit my head. 
I hit my head on the on the side table. He then says that maybe Cameron thought that by having sex with the women Ethan was interested in, it would make him smarter. Harper, I think that one lands harder. I think that I, one lands harder. Yeah, because he's basically calling his buddy dumb. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and by the way, Cameron is not dumb. No. No Dumber way. than Ethan, maybe. At least in maybe, certain ways. Maybe, but it's, I mean, Ethan just sold a publicly traded company. Like, he's got, he's been the top 1% of 1% of fucking smart people. That's a sure. really difficult thing to do. Um, Cameron's probably plenty smart. Uh, Harper does seem to be enjoying all of this, though. Jumps in with the, you guys ever watch each other have sex? Cameron and Daphne laugh at this. Again, trying to do the Spencer thing, and like, kind of laugh it away, like, let it go, like what you just described. Um, Ethan says, Harper, what is with these questions? Cameron points out that they didn't have their own room, so probably. And she says, I guess old habits, hold habits die hard, huh? Cameron and Ethan both get serious at that. I'm interested in the look from Daphne here, because that look from Daphne indicated to me that she knew what was going on. Yeah. And was a little entertained by it. I think that she's kind of here for the drama to a certain point. I think she views this as kind of a certain leveling the playing field between her and Cameron. She doesn't give the, I don't think she, she knows Cameron cheats on her. She doesn't care in the way that Harper cares. She seemed, she, it was a very knowing look from Daphne at the end of that conversation. I, I think it's also a certain look of, Okay, someone else gets to feel what I'm feeling too. I think it, it, she looks at Harper sympathetically later, very much so. In this moment, it, there's, I agree, it's a certain element of amusement. Like, huh, this is how it looks. Yeah, I, I'll say this. When you are roommates. <laughs> yeah, go on. I think that's all you have to say. Yeah. When you're in college. When it is truly one room, I think coordinate, that's all you have to say. coordinate that shit in advance. Just you know, just a, a text message is enough. They need to keep drinking, obviously, because with this vibe, what you want is more alcohol. Oh, clearly. that's good. Yeah. That's let's good. With this this strange fucking vibe. Let's keep pouring alcohol right on top of it. See what with, happens. With us as the voyeurs, we're screaming at the television. Please drink more. We want to see where this goes. Yeah, get that skin really smoothed out with all those volcanic minerals. minerals. Come back to the boat. Quentin tells her, welcome to Palermo. Portia and Jack, well, uh, blah, 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 blah. hey guys, how you doing? Uh, sorry, yeah, we were just downstairs for a while. We got lost. Just hanging out, not doing much, you know. Just, mm. yeah. She says, uh, Jack has been showing her the cabin. Tanya, this whole time, Portia says, yes. Por my favorite, My favorite line of the episode, will not win line of the episode, but my favorite line of the episode is this right here. Tanya says, you two been having sex on the boat. That's what you've been doing. I'm jealous. I loved that line. How I charming loved it. was that? A, it was charming. It was funny. B, I loved it came from Tanya, who, queen of obliviousness, is still not going to be fooled by this situation. Nope. Cut back to lunch. Bert, Dominique, and Albie are sitting around, and Bert hurt his head in the room. This is what Spencer did earlier in the week. I can't be blamed for the things that happen. <laughs> Albie says he wants to go eat lunch in the pool. Dominique's like, why? He says, well, that girl's over there. Dominique questions him about spending a lot of time with those girls. Albie gets confrontational, says, what's the problem, Bert? Well, I think it's because they're escorts. <laughs> Albie asked him how he knows. And well. I, it, it, it seems, I know for sure that Dominique is scared that Bert is going to tip the 
you know, to tip the hand here and say that, well, because they were sleeping with your father. I'm not sure Bert was going to do that. I, I think Dominique no, was scared of it. I'm not sure Bert was going that route. No, he was not. I think he was having the conversation that we wanted them to have earlier. I don't think he was at any point intending to sell out his son here. No, and he says what I think he was going to say the whole time, which is because I wasn't born yesterday and it's fairly obvious. Albie then says they shouldn't judge them. And then he blanket assumes that both of them have slept with escorts in the past. No questions, just assumes it. Almost doesn't even want to hear an argument about it. That's a that's an assumption. That's all I'll say about that. It's like you don't what data points you are drawing on don't necessarily overlap with the conclusions you're making. It's a really broken relationship. I know I'm breaking ground here, but it's a really broken relationship between Albie and his father and probably Albie and his granddad too. I mean, it, it, him and his granddad seem to get along a little bit better, but it ain't good all the way around. It ain't good. That's yeah, my di- that's my diagnosis. I agree. I, mean, I think we've not seen causes of a negative relationship between Albie and his granddad, but Albie certainly holds some negative opinions of his granddad that come out every now and then. Yeah. So... Bert is like, well, I haven't slept with prostitutes. And uh, Dominique says, you know what? Uh, I, I, here's the problem, okay? I, I think that your mother would not be okay with me letting you go around. And he, ba- he basically doesn't get this out of his mouth before Albie comes in. Randy Savage, elbow yep. off the top rope. Mom's not happy because you cheat on her with whoever you can get your hands on. And it's pretty hypocritical that she would judge them. Woo! I, you know, I, it's like, it, I, I, I'm... Yeah, I, I almost hate that I used the analogy earlier. When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and that's yeah. and that's what it is with Albie. It's like he, every single problem he has with his dad goes back to his dad's cheating, and it's like he his dad cannot interact with him as a dad or even as a friend really until they get past that to at least to a point where Albie doesn't throw it in his face every time they talk. Which which his dad's most effective response is right now. You're right, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong. That's the effect of what he needs to say here, is that, son, you are completely 100% right about me. That doesn't at all mean I'm wrong about what advice I'm giving you right now. Let's have that conversation. It's one of my, my age-old adages. Uh, everyone who knows me knows I say this. Who better knows that the kettle is black than the pot? Yeah. Who better? Yeah. The pot's black itself. It knows the kettle's black. Like, it's, it's easy. Like, it's, you know, game recognized game, basically. It, it's a shame, too, because what... Dominique says here is I'm not judging them. I'm just looking out for you. I think is to a certain degree well meant. It's a, it's at least the kind of thing that he can be justified. That saying is to. my question for you. I is, this is where is I'm, this is this. Let's, let's spell it. I know you know where I'm going. But I'm gonna spell it out for the audience. Is Dominique's concern here truly a fatherly concern with his son, who is somewhat ignorant of things in the world that we have seen? He has a he's, he's got he's got some learning to do. We think. Or is it some sort of weird twisted jealousy because he was with Lucia and he likes Lucia? I'll, I'll even throw an additional one on that. To what degree does he just not want his own baggage to be revealed by the two of them being in a day of the relationship? And that being yeah, that's a third option. I like but that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put them between overarching options for selfish versus overarching options as duties of father benevolent. Uh, I'm going to do it probably 70-30 favoring selfish. What do you think? I'm more like ninety ten selfish. I I I think the worst of Dominic, and I think that I part of I think part of what's going on here is that he wishes he was Albie's age, and he wishes he that Lucia, 
he well, he wishes Lucia was truly interested in him the way that it seems like she might be with Albie. I mean, remember the like one of the first things he asked her is like basically like a please tell me I'm attractive thing is like the first thing he he says with Lucia. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a and then Bert calls it out by the way in the last episode. Bert yeah, says, Bert, "What are you jealous? jealous?" Yeah, I think there's I, I think there's a big part of that going on. I I don't think that I think Dominique really is the most honest he is in the entire show when he tells Bert, "You always put yourself first, and I, now I do the same exact thing. I always put myself first. Yeah, we, we can debate whether he's proper in terms of blaming Bert with that here in a second, but I think it's an he's accurate not. read on himself. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that the scene we get a little bit later of him walking along the beach, I think there's an aspect of him that does want the relationship, the family, the warmth and the comfort that comes with that. He's done everything to fuck that up. I don't think he knows how to get it, but I I don't think he exclusively wants to just be an 18-year-old forever. I think there's an aspect of... Yeah. When you own a house... I do, Yes. You know that sometimes you're going to have to call a repairman for the HVAC unit. You know sometimes the doorknob's going to stick. You know sometimes the window's going to be leaking a little bit and messing up your insulation in the house. You know sometimes in the summer the AC goes out and it's going to be hot in the house. You know sometimes you have to repaint. You, It's an expectation that there's all this work you have to do to have this thing that you want. Why do yeah. some men – I know it sounds super preachy here, but why do some men look at family as fundamentally different than that? Where I get all the benefits, but I don't have. But there's no presumed work that I should have to do. I. I mean, you're a known philanderer. You tell me. Yeah, let's have that one on a t-shirt, please, Spencer. Known philanderer. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I said that. Very... I said that because I didn't actually know why I was asking you the question specifically. I was just really throwing I, it out there. I, I, I don't. It's, I don't. It's it very seems common. like some people think of it fundamentally different. I, I, I agree. So there's a lot of people that look at a relationship purely from the sense of what <laughs> what am I getting out of this every day? What is my net benefit on every possible transaction at every possible moment? And to the degree that it is negative, I'm either out or I'm going to start looking elsewhere to get positive. They don't view it as kind of a mutual exchange or a balance or a, a net benefit over time. They view it purely in kind of just individual transactions in numismatic terms. And that's a problem. That doesn't that doesn't lead to good things. And because I I think that Dominique looks at it that way, I have absolutely no sympathy for him when he's looking at these people like, oh man, they're having so much fun. It's like he's not willing to invest in it. You're not willing to do the work, so like you don't you don't have a real understanding of what this is anyway. Like you 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 have a false you have a false impression of even what they are. Like he's so fucked up in the game. I don't even think he knows what he wants, and he doesn't know what the thing he's pining for really is and the consequences of it. I also would like to point out something just for the listeners here. Spencer, you can take a breather. Um, occasionally, I like to poke at Spencer. What you just heard a few minutes ago was was I just went just a tad over the line. When I said, you're a known philanderer, that was it. That, so if you want to know when Spencer's had enough, that was the tone when he went, ugh. <laughs> That's when he had enough. I just want to point it out to the audience so they have a barometer and a poll. All right, we can continue. You you, you know what the exact thought process was? Was not that that was too far. It's that my girlfriend's going to listen to this episode and she's going to have so much fun making fun of me for that line. She's just going to light and say, hey, known philanderer, joined the Uh, podcast the other day. I like like giving her ammo. Oh, you, that, that, that noise. That was, I'm ready for the ragging later kind of sigh. Goodness. Uh, so then, I'm, I'm, I'm straight there with you. I just have more sympathy for Dominique than you do. I agree. This is overwhelmingly a selfish kind of motivation motivating this. 
But I think I, hmm. as a person who believes that all people can be redeemed, I have hope for Dominique. I believe that still. too. I believe that too. And I and I think Dominique wants to be. It's just very much unclear, and we don't have enough evidence to suggest that he's actually willing to put in the labor. Kind of like his son said, is that it's not enough that you just say this shit. You have to turn your whole life around. How are you going to do that? I think he's trying. I think he wants to. We just don't have enough yet to say whether it's actually possible. I agree that I, I, I also believe everybody can do, be redeemed. I, I, I fundamentally believe that, right? Tolkien-esque in that way, right? Proper Tolkien, um, yes. But I don't think his redemption is going to start with him looking at other relationships and continuing that unrealistic idea sure. of what it is. Only seeing the good. Only seeing the thing that he gets out of it as opposed to the work that he can put into it. Until he starts looking at relationships as what can I put in as opposed to what can I take out, it's never going to work. Wait, Sorry, and, Dominic. And this is kind of one of those moments of where having an honest conversation with his son would go miles in that regard, but he's not able to fully have it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so then we have the great part where uh, Dominic then jumps all over Bert about almost telling Albie about him and Lucia. Bert, I can't concussion. be responsible. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Explain, Spencer. Explain, Bert. When you've got a concussion, you can't be responsible for everything you say. You concussed. I, th- everything I've said to you wrong for the last mm, 15 years we've known each other, I was concussed. Want this to be understood. <laughs> and anything I might have misstated in any podcast ever. Yeah, any, also, anything going into the future, I will have suffered an immediate head injury seconds before I said that. <laughs> By the way, during this cut, mischievous music is playing. That's what it says. Indeed on the it is. Uh, cut to Dominic, sort of angrily washing Albie with Lucia Spencer. Um, we had the conversation. I have it in my notes to ask you why this upsets Dominic so much. I think we kind of had that conversation, the sort of parsing out why he's he's concerned there. I, I think Ethan. there's three things going in his head, and I think there's we can debate the mix. Yeah, what it, it, we know that that's in the pie chart. It's just how it's sliced. We don't we don't yes. really know for sure. Cuts Ethan and Cameron arguing. Cameron jumps right down Ethan's throat. What are you telling her? Why'd you tell her everything? Ethan has the best comeback of all time, which is you left the fucking condom wrapper on the couch and she found it. I adore how direct he is with that because it immediately stifles anything Cameron can say. Cameron's immediately on the back foot to the point he apologizes. Yeah, of course. He apologizes to Ethan over that. Obviously, he fucked up. There's nothing he can do to dispute it. So you always get me to do boxing rounds, right? I'm not doing a boxing round with us. This is a UFC fight because there are UFC fights. It's so fun to watch where one boxer or fighter is playing to the crowd. They're so confident. Showing off. And then they just get knocked out stone cold. Yeah, round one. Sometimes it'll happen like seconds after the the showboating. They'll be showboated and then that one punch, because in UFC it happens fast. One punch and then they're just out. This is kind of what happens to Cameron here. He is so sure that Ethan's wrong when he starts his conversation and he gets laid out with the the revelation that he left the condom wrapper on the couch. Yeah, to the point I'm going to, I need to know more about this condom wrapper at some point because he is legitimately shocked about it. Like, I couldn't have done that. He's so you caught still up have a theory, defensive. don't you? You still have a theory, don't you? I have theories. Yes, we'll say, find say, out. Say more. it. Just say it now. Well, I said before my, my prior theory that I think he planned it. That I think he's purposely trying to create drama and tension between the two of them. I almost thought I even saw it in his hand, but that could be you know psychosomatic, like wine tasting kind of thing. Um, I still have that theory. Plums, plums. It, plums. You think he planted it? I think he planted it. Yes. It's at least possible, and I think it could feed into a, a, just even more of the interactions he's been having with Harper. I'm going to say this. 
if you, it turns out you're right that he planted the condom wrapper, that's an all-time call for you. I got to go out. I've not seen that anywhere. I've not seen anybody pushing that theory. This is just a Spencer. This is just a Spencer here. We, we will see what happens. I almost hope you're right, just so you can do that. I, I want to see that. It's that, never that happened before. Lap. I don't think that, that would be a big win. You are, you're, this is not me shipping the two people who are obviously going to be together. This is actually going out of a limb. You actually have a theory here that's that's out there. It, um, it, if it is, though, I will admit it will show a craftiness oof. aspect to Cameron's character that we've not seen yet. That is a level of long-term planning that we've not gotten enough to say he's fully capable of. Yeah, because right now he really seems like full hedonist, right? He's just sort yes, of leading with his leading with his desires. Yeah. Um, so cut to the Palazzo, and Matteo is leading them around. Of course he is, because Matteo is a lot of fun. Um, Jack is taking Tanya's bag. Yikes, does Tanya pack a lot for two nights? Uh, it was, I love this, con- this this continued joke that Tanya packs too much everywhere she goes. Yes. I'm in for that. In all the seasons. Body, I, also, I love every now and then just the, the reminders that this is there's going to be murders on the show. Did you put a body in here? Yeah, yeah, it's always yeah. Cut to Tanya and Portia looking around the place. Tanya, I mean, these are some high end gays. She even then says she likes hanging around people with money. Why, Spencer? Because you don't have to worry about them wanting yours. Uh, my question for Tanya yeah. is: Has she has she actually ever hung around rich people? Because rich people do want your money too. With they do people always want your money. rich people always want more money and other rich I don't understand where she got that it. idea that is a childish I idea don't think she ever realizes how much she's being scammed on a given day she did give twenty thousand dollars to somebody in Maui simply for having a few you know drunken conversations what? about something that'll never happen I mean she's worth a half billion is that what Porsche said earlier or something like that yeah yeah she can truly yeah. fuck off money she doesn't know how much she just loses. Yeah, cut to the living room. It's sort of nuts. Quentin then says he was uh, hoping to get some heritage subsidies from the government, but said that they'd have to open it to the public to do that. Spencer, I don't know how many more fucking hints Tanya needs to know that Cameron, to know that Cameron was right. Cameron talked about this. He, he, he saw this and, and commented on it in episode one. There's all these people with these bills. palazzos who are cash poor that don't have any money. And these, this is one of them. This is another example of the cash poor gentry. He has land, he has property, it's gorgeous, and he has zero in the bank. No money. And he is going to use you, Tanya. Please read the signs. And Jack, let it slip to Portia that he does this with a lot of, quote, rich old hags. Yes, I'm sure does. that this is how he's paid the bills for a long time. By the way, has anybody questioned why a local is hanging out at a hotel that often? Like, why yep. are those guys who have a place in Palermo, who have a house just downriver, why are they hanging out at a hotel full of tourists? Why? Because they want to meet rich tourists to scam them. Yeah, they're fishing. That's what exactly what they're doing. Exactly. They serve Tanya some Moscato. He then says that after hearing her story, she was a tragic, tragic heroine in an opera. So, fittingly, they're going to take her to an opera. Uh, they cheers the opera. Jack then tells uh, Portia. Madam Butterfly, which I've seen. So far, oh, you have, huh? You're a big yeah, opera yeah. guy? I have, I have seen three operas in my life, and that was one of them. I'll tell you this about me. So you know I love stage plays. Like, I would, you love musicals. I, would, I literally would go to New York, and I've done this before, go to New York, and do nothing but what, see Broadway plays. Yeah. Not go to Brooklyn. Not go any, not go anywhere else. Not see a basketball game as much as I like basketball. That's how much I like stage plays. Can't stand the fucking opera. Cannot I, stand it. I, Never I, have yeah. learned to like it. 
I don't actually. I've been. I I said I've been to three. Oh, oh, I that's have, a revelation. You don't. I like would it. have happily gone to any other musical alternative and would have much more enjoyed them. Opera, I love is, musicals, love stage plays. Can't get into operas. I, same boat entirely. I went. I went because it's a unique experience. I was like, hey, no, it's it's an aspect of culture. Let's give it a try. And I've tried three occasions, and I'm like, eh, I'm good. I've ex- I've been exposed enough. But don't you kind of hate that? Because I feel like I'm missing something. I don't. It's like I don't. I've tried mm. it. I went in. I gave it a good, honest try. I know now. I'm okay. I, it's not like I'm just you know rejecting it on principle. It's not like I'm saying eh, I wouldn't like that kind of thing. Scientific I've experienced method. it, and I know now. There's nothing. There's nothing to nothing to say. Nothing to say. I'm missing. I'm gonna try it again. Because there's something something I, I'm not getting. Because enough people you, like them. You know what we're gonna do. After we go to Noto, after we go to Palermo, go to Palermo we're, on the we're, boat. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna go see Madame Butterfly at the opera. Me and you in one of those little suites. Yeah, watching next to Madame the Queen Butterfly. of Sicily. Next to the Queen of Sicily, Avi. She is, course, she's yes. always there. It's, you know, sort of a ceremonial role. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. We're really planning a good trip here. Another cut. Now we see Lucia and Avi are in the pool, uh, just a making out, just a kissing. He oh, tells boy. he tells Lucia uh, he went to the bank and he's got her money. Good news, got your money. Interesting for reaction from Lucia here. She almost doesn't want the money from him at this point. I don't. I don't ever see her take it, and they don't ever give. I don't ever get confirmation that he's given her money. And I'm again pondering some earlier. Is it a legitimate change time. of opinion or long, long game? I'm asking your thoughts. I know you have hopes for these two, but it what? can be both. Is about what I'm saying. It is can. that you can you can you can. Men do this. Men absolutely do this. But in my experience, I've talked to women who are doing this, right? This is just sure. my experience. But men absolutely do this. But the, I have talked to women who have said, I like him. I really do like him. But the fact that he provides financial secu- financial security is a big part of this decision here. Like, it's, it can be both it, is what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be a sugar relationship to have a financial element. I fully agree. Do you agree that Lucia has both here? Or do you think it's just financial? I don't fully know whether she knows yet. I think it is a mix of the two, and I think there's an element of a war going on between them and her right now. That's what I thought, too. That's the, that's exactly... I thought she's struggling, because like she's even struggling if she's going to take his money right now. I don't think she knows why she likes him as much as she does. Um, yes. So he says, uh, do you know what I... Uh, so uh, then they talk about seeing each other that night, um, and he says, well... I'm happy to pay you basically, which by the way, 23 year old kid who can just cough up two grand a night. Like he's got it. He's got it. Good. Um, was whew, he drawing from, he was presumably drawing from his bank account too. I guess that's kind of I impressive have, at that age. I didn't have 2000 euros a night at age 23. Kind of money no. in my bank account. Absolutely not. Um, I was a little shocked that, that he was casual, that casual about the money. Yeah. Um, but he says basically he doesn't want to be involved in a situation where she's being exploited, which we learn later. She is. Um, he says, do you know, you, you know what I mean? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm not sure she does get it, but she says, I don't want your money. I like you very much. That's you know the scene. Yeah. Cuts Dominique on the seashore. He's walking. This is the conversation, uh, the scene that we talked about earlier. Very much so, yeah. He's seen happy couples um, having a bit of a crisis. There is a moment here. We can parallel this to, I believe, last episode with Harper, where he stands and looks out onto the, the water and closes his eyes. And I got 
suicide death vibes. I very strongly, yes, where he's seeing everything that he doesn't have, that he's starting to be convinced he can't have, and then he looks out to the sea and walks into the surf. I'm like, oh, okay, let's see whether this is a red herring for later. And we know someone ends up in the water. We do. There's a body in the water that Daphne finds. Could be Dominic, man. It really could. I was getting death vibes Dominic's been high on our death list every week, and this episode ain't changing that. Cut to the hotel. Valentina tells Isabella that Salvatore will be with her at reception. Salvatore seems like a nice guy. Seems like a real good Great hand. voice. I want this guy to narrate the show. Oh, very gravelly. Yeah. Uh, she tells Isabella that Rocco has moved. He was a distraction. Salvatore is a better fit. Isabella clearly does not like this. Uh, let's, let's also be fair to Salvatore. She seems to be picking somebody that is purposely less attractive than Rocco. Of course. Yeah, absolutely yes. she is. Yeah, older and... Yes. You know, fatter and a little bit more dumpy. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Dumpy. You say I said dumpy and I mean it. Holy smokes. Now we're getting into the late afternoon. I love the pacing of the episodes, right? Because, you know, like, oh, it's late afternoon. We've got about 20 minutes left. Uh, Tanya and Quentin get to the opera. Jack and Portia are walking around town. He asks her. She's like a he. She likes an Arancini. Spencer, if I had asked you, Spencer, you want to go for an Arancini? What would you have said? The fuck is that? Yeah, no, no idea. I would have no clue, and I would ask you immediately. I would, if you threw out a word like that, I'm like, I'm not playing this off. I want to know what this is that he just said. Yeah. Um, so I did know what this is. I, I'm yeah, cool. not sure I would have called it a rice ball. It's a more of a rice dish, but Aaron Gina, is, yeah. Is this a main meal or a dessert? I'm curious. No, no, no it's a meal. It's a meal. Oh, cool. Yeah. He says, I also want to uh, comment on, uh, I also want to comment, uh, by the way, on what Portia's wearing here. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like Portia dresses like she feels. And this is her, she's feeling good. She's excited. She's enjoying she's, this. We, we understand there's stars. a lot. We understand there's a lot she doesn't know. But she is in the moment having fun and she seems to be representing that with her dress. What did you think? I agree. I, I, it is nice. She doesn't literally have her hair down this episode, but it's nice to see the character feel that kind of comfort in a way we've not seen previously. She's been previously so much in her own head. She's not been in the moment. She's not been able to enjoy herself because she's too much dwelling about not enjoying herself. Whereas this episode, she's carefree. She's just enjoying the experience she's going through, and that was reflecting in all aspects of her demeanor and appearance. So at the opera, it seems like they have a suite, right? One of those little, like, suites that are up. Yeah. Very much Lincoln about to be assassinated kind of own little personal room. And it seems like there's a lot of them in this theater. Here's my here's what I'd like to say to all the American theater owners that I know listen to this podcast. More of those. Yeah, more of those, man. Those more are those. they make Private you feel booths. super. You, if you have one of those, you feel like you've done something. But the reality is, there's like 200 in the place, right? It, it's um, substantial yeah. portion of those. Yeah, let's 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 start crafting our American theaters like that. I would like to see that. Tanya looks over and says, "Who's the ladies at the Queen of Sicily, Spencer?" My question for you: Is there a Queen of Sicily? There was at one time. It's been a while. Do tell. I mean, there, there's at least two issues with this statement. Uh, I mean, issue number one. Big, big, big one to throw out, throw out up front. Uh, Italy, the country, has been a republic since 1946. Aftermath of World War II. Start Ooh. there. Point I wonder what two. happened around that time period. Uh, things. Things and stuff. Longer conversation. Uh, other issue, too. Queen of Sicily suggests Sicily is its own independent country. Yes, it does. Uh, Keep of the two Sicilies has been part of United Italy since 1861. Italy itself has been a united country since 1871. 
Not saying Tanya's information is out of date. Just saying. She's Tanya. Why am I... I'm not at all surprised that she made this statement. Well, I'm also not at all surprised that you would have checked that out for us. So I, I immediately was struck by like, Brandt. I was like, I threw you an assist and you dunked it right down. I'm here to get numbers when somebody throws out some kind of statement like that. Uh, Quentin just says yes. Tanya tries to... And by the way, I'd like to point out this little scene. When Quentin says yes, and Tanya tries to speak to the lady, and then Quentin turns to his buddy and gives a look, that, to me, is the first time I've seen her sell her out. Uh, that's the first time I've seen Quentin sell her out. Yes, very much. And I feel like we got a little window into how he really thinks about her. Right? I, think, I think we got a certain window. There's only so much Tanya he can tolerate, and this one was enough that he is openly mocking her. Yeah, then the opera starts. Now it's the night, so we got about 10 minutes, 15 minutes left of the episode. And our couple's retreat has been drinking all day, so that's really... That's a that's powder keg, Spencer. It's just how many, a powder keg. How many bottles of wine has Harper consumed at this point today? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I think for most people who are not heavy drinkers, if they get past about two in a day, they they they, they, they start shutting down. They got to go to sleep. Uh, I would say she probably altogether has had about one and three quarters of a bottle of wine. That'd be my guess. That was about my bet. Yeah, I, I don't think she's she's clearly not to the point of being just outright sloppy, but. She's had more than more, well more than she usually does. Most mere mortals can't do more than about two a day if they're going all day long. And uh, she they walk strike in, me as somebody that would have that kind of experience to do that. No, absolutely not. That's that, and they, and they want you to know that that's not her normal. This is not her norm, right? This Agreed, is, is abnormal for her. So they walk into the lobby, and Harper is giving quite a look to Ethan. It is fun. They slow mo it, and it is just daggers she's given to Ethan. Oh, straight. <clears throat> Lucia is uh, giving a look. To Cameron, basically, you know, doing the little finger, like, give me, I need your money, I need your money. money. Cameron drops him off with the hostess, goes back over, pulls Lucia aside, tells her she cannot be giving him looks like that in front of his life. Then pay her. My question for you, Spencer, how, what is the reporting structure where he gets to give her orders? I don't understand. None at all. Nothing. He has no moral high ground here whatsoever. What are you doing telling her what to do? You owe her money. Like, you owe. You owe a prostitute $1,300 after spending the night with her and taking some Molly. The moral high ground is in a different time zone right now. And he has the fucking gumption to say, 1300 euros is nothing. Like, then if it's, pay if it's, me. If it's yeah. such nothing, then fucking pull it out of your pocket. Um, he says he needs to go to the bank. She says, it's not good, not good enough. Give me your number. He says, no, I'm not giving you a number. And he says, I can't even be talking to you. And he walks away. Does he so not he says, actually have the money? Yeah, he's got the money. He's just being well, a jackass. I'm throughout. I don't think he has. I don't think he has thirteen hundred cash on him. No, I think think he's got to go get cash. I'm offering the possibility maybe he's actually broke. Maybe he actually needs Ethan's kind of deal because he is actually that kind of broke from that. I think if he was that broke, I think there'd be more of an emphasis from Cameron on the financial aspect. He's only mentioned it one time. Long game. He also probably he also probably wouldn't fuck his wife. I would just say. (laughs) Possibly, possibly yes. Yeah, if, he, if he's really that worried about closing the deal, he might not be having sex with the guy's wife. No matter the explanation, the guy's a dick. He is a jackass. Lucia sits back down and says that the guy, Cameron, owes her money. She's sitting without me, by the way. She explains that he hired her and has not paid her, and that a guy named Alesso <clears throat> is threatening her, did, asking her for money. Did we ever have any indication previously that she had a pimp? or it was No, we, we, we had we a, thought she we had was a, a long, sole practitioner. Yes, because she talked about like meeting people through Instagram or something. I thought she was an independent contractor. 
We, we talked about the possibility she might have a, a, what you would call, you know, in this normal structure, traditionally a pimp. Like, I, I, I didn't, we didn't know this until now. This is a reveal. This is an interesting reveal, too, because this almost runs contrary to a lot of what we had had previously, that we've had nothing to suggest this before. And no. now it's being thrown out there to Albie. Why are my doubts about this character starting to go through the roof? You think this thing with Alessio is a whole setup to get money from Albie? You are a fucking... You, do you not love... Do you have no love in your heart? This is That is a level of skeptical that shocks me. Lee, I want you to look back at the question you just asked me. You just asked me, do you not have any love in your heart? Lee, answer your own question. <laughs> You're going to say you don't. You're going to say you don't. I, that, that is a... That is, I'm, I'm, wow. I, I have turned You have no fast. trust. I need another episode. Do you have more confidence in this character? Because my cynicism is going through the roof. Wow. To think that that that's an even bigger call than your other one. If, if she's set up Alesso and this whole thing is just a thing to get money from Albie, like, like significant money, not just like a 2000. That is, whew. I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. You, you, you I, fucked I, up I recap don't now. think I can't even case. do the recap anymore. I got to quit. I don't think this is the case, but it's reflecting the doubts that are starting to seep into this character for me. Ugh, well, let, let's let's put that aside for a second. Let's let's just do a, a face reading. Soldiers, of this. it seems as though Lucia is in a bad situation, right? Because it seems like this guy is putting her up to these jobs and then requiring her to come back and bring the money. And if she doesn't bring money for a particular night, she's then on the hook for the money. That's what it, it seems like is going on. I agree, and it, it, we. We, we kind of skipped a conversation that, or aspect of conversation that Albie had with his uh, dad and grandfather of where he talked about, you know, she may be in a bad situation and I can help her, you know, the wounded birds thing before. But he seems to be viewing what she's telling him and what he's bringing to this seem to be stepping into like, you know, Richard Gere and Pretty Woman or Sam Seaborn in West Wing too about he Light could night. save her. Light he could night. rescue her from this, which is... Itself a kind of problematic mindset to go into a relationship yeah, with. It is, yeah, for sure. And so it's it's, it's a distressed power is, dynamic for sure. This is rapidly appealing to that. And I would say that that's probably a bad side of Albie, um, because you know if you enter a relationship where you're white knighting somebody, then then you are always the hero to them, right? They always owe you. It's not it's, it's not, not a good basis. Not a good, when you're starting a relationship or a partnership, you want it to start as equal as possible. Yeah. I would suggest. I agree. He does. She does say, this is, might be a little bit of catnip for you. Well, it's not your problem. It's not your problem. And he's like, is there anything I can do? And it kind of, it's kind of left out there that, well, there is something you can do, right? But she doesn't yeah. say it, but it's, it's on the table there. Like, well, yeah, you could just pay fucking whatever LSO needs, right? That, that could fix the situation. Yeah. And I'll be seasoned on that. Whether she, whether she has this motivation or not, whether she's going to pull this card or not, Albie looks like he's going to act. Do you think this. Albie's going to cut her a check for like 20 grand next episode? Is that where you're going? Or confront her pimp. Or confront Cameron. I think Albie's going to do something pimp, stupid. Maybe, maybe the pimp kills him. Uh, cut to Dominique. We'll get that in death theories. Cut to Dominique watching uh, Albie kiss Lucia. He takes a drink. He seems very irritated. Burke says, you can't really be dis- uh, surprised, can you? I will say that there's a lot of uncomfortable situations in this episode. This one hurt me the most. Really? I really had a real problem with this. The confrontation um, of Dominic talking to his dad. This this conversation right here, yeah, because Bert Go says on. you can't you can't really be uh, surprised, can you? 
Then he's running around with an escort. Dominic plays dumb. Bert says, you normalized it for him. Dominic says, just like you normalized it for me, which is what I talked about before. Boop, bam. Let's shift the blame. Bam. Yep. Right to the next guy. Bert says, I never ran around with hookers. Dominic says, well, and I don't know, by the way, I don't know what kind of denial he's in, but it's top level because he says, I don't run around with hookers either. And Bert appropriately says, Dom, did Two. you run around right with there. that exact hooker? Data you point. gave Present. her the key to my room. Dominic doesn't have an answer to this and instead just keeps punching. He says, you know, the reason I am the way I am is because of you. Bert is incredulous. He says, you're blaming me. Dominic then goes in for the attack. And this is the part I have a very fundamental, serious, not joking around problem. Yeah. He says, do you think you were so discreet? I mean, how many nights did I hear mom cry herself to sleep? Get real. Everybody knew dad. Everybody knew. Bert says he had a great marriage. Dominic, oh boy. Yeah. Let me tell you, you made her life hell my entire childhood. Bert, is she, if I made her life hell, why did she stay with me? Dominic says, I have no idea. She didn't know any better. She's a martyr. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Bert says, she loved me. Dominic, being particularly hateful here, says she was a bitter woman and she died a bitter woman. And she knew about everything you did. Believe me. You That's were just too self-involved to even notice it. I'm going to get through it and then do some Please, yeah. Dominic then says he doesn't blame Bert for his situation, but he sure fucking could. I hate when people do shit like that. I don't blame you, Spencer, but I sure could. Well, you, yeah. well you, then you do. Uh, says, you never showed me how to love a woman, how to be intimate, how to put others first. You always put yourself first, always. So I did the same thing. And this is what I was talking about earlier. This is where I felt like Dominic was the most honest he'd been the entire time, where he says, I always put myself first. Honest that part about of himself. Oh, yes. that part of it. Here's my problem. I don't doubt that Bert was a philanderer. Sure. I don't doubt. I don't doubt that Dominic's mother had problems with that and that Dominic saw it, maybe even discussed it with her. You do not bring that to the man when his wife of 49 years has just recently died. If you want to talk about that, talk about it when she's alive or talk about it three years after she's dead. But he's still mourning his wife. Don't bring that shit up. Right. I I felt like that was a particular kind of evil. And I got to give you credit here because you said last episode that there was a moment where. You saw why Dominic's wife was so mad at Dominic. And it was that and it wasn't the cheating. It was that he could be so manipulative and, yeah. and hurtful. And how he said to Albie, well, don't you want the family to be together? And I feel like this is an ex- it's a continuation of that, of that sure. deep, really, like really hurtful stuff. When you, I mean, can you imagine talking to your father, your mom and him have been married 49 years. She just died a couple of months ago. And you, you're saying that you were, a sh- she died unhappy because of you. Unbelievable. Bert weathers, weathers that one better than I would. Even Me too. Bert. Bert can keep a smile on his face. Like that fucking, that fucking vacation would have been over for me. Yeah. But that is the only moment we've seen on the show of where a smile leaves Bert's face. When Dominique says that, Bert tries. You can almost see like he's just trying to keep the smile up, but it cracks and fades when Dominic says that. Because as you said, that is among the most hurtful things you can ever say to another person is, your wife never loved you. She died a bitter, angry person because of you. Even you can't if that get it back. Most... He can't fix that. There's nothing no, he can do now. You are. It's not your. It's not your place to say it, Dominic. You are pissing on the memories he has at that point. Even if you fundamentally believe that, that is a nuclear bomb you're dropping on another person by saying Which, that. But, and let's be honest. He's only dropping it because he feels attacked. Yes. Because he feels like he... It, it, if he brought this up whole cloth, it would still be inappropriate, but it'd be a different story. He's just retaliating. Context Dominic is a, Dominic's a piece of shit. That's, what, that's my professional opinion. 
here's a podcaster. I agree. What stamp it? What do you think? Stamp, but, but, like, but stamp it with my face, just with the with the big thumbs up, asshole. This is your new radiance. This is the character you're just saying you're done with. Bang! From just stamped from here it right on there, out. asshole, Dominic. Gotcha. Uh, what do you think of Bert's rejoinder at the end of the conversation? I'm curious about what. What do you think? Where he says, he says she loved. I, I loved her. She loved me. And he says, not that simple. And he said, yes, it was. What do you think of that? Because that clearly is something Bert fundamentally believes in a way that he will not have be assailed. What do you make of not only the fact that he believes that, but also that is a philosophy? I think they're both right, right? Because, like, it's it's true that there were probably things that 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 Bert's wife, Dominic's mother, was probably unhappy happy about things, right? Sure, that can be true, but it can also be true that they fundamentally loved each other. That can also be true. I don't know if it is, but that can be true, right? So, like, Dominic thinks that what he's saying is like a separate circle in the Venn diagram, but it's not. There is a, there is a, a ground there where somebody can be imperfect, can be, can, can act imperfect in a marriage, but there can be a, a mutual love and respect based on any number of factors that you are not privy to, Dominic, because you're not in the fucking relationship. That's my opinion. What do you think? I think that's beautifully well said. I think, I think that summarizes it perfectly. All right. <clears throat> so uh, Cameron, we, now we're going to cut to the couple's retreat. Cameron says to all the threesomes, past, present, and future, looking at Harper. Wink, wink, um, nudge, nudge. Whew, Daphne is trying to slow everything down, by the way. Shout out, Daphne. She says, mm. you know, I think, you, I think what you do kind of is like you sow your wild oats when you're younger and then let, you get out of your system, right? So, like, we're done with all that, basically, is what she's trying to say. Cameron says, nope, doesn't work like that. Nope, sorry, love. This Uses the food analogy. Honest. This is Cameron being he, unusually honest. I think he's drunk. I think he's, yes. I think he's, he's saying something he wouldn't say at breakfast because he uses the food analogy. And he says, you eat until you're ready to pop, but the next day you're hungry again, basically. What do you think about that, that analogy? I think it's accurate for Cameron. I think it reflects the kind of debaucherous way that he lives his life of where he's just a void that can never quite be filled. I don't think it's in any way universally true, particularly not in the subject matter he's talking about. I have been in these situations where one person in a couple is drunk and is going dirty. Too far. And... yeah, well, usually it's dirty where where they're going, right? Well, I, I do and, that stone cold sober, but sure, go on. And then their partner is not. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you always work blue, yeah. and the partner is like head and hands uncomfortable. Yeah, that's the worst dinner party guest of all time. It's nice. It's terrible. It's so it's, hard to watch. The only thing you can do is just exit the situation because you are watching a train wreck in slow motion. And that's what this is because Ethan is uncomfortable. From the very first part of the scene until the end of it. Yeah. And Harper could give two shits. And so Cameron, doing, and you, you called this earlier, right? He's starting to have a conversation with just Harper. Yes. And he says, what about you? You ever had a threesome? Harper says, maybe. Ethan, so uncomfortable. She says, with her friend pa, uh, pa, Paola. Paola. Is she, is she just making this up? Or is this, do you think this is actually true? It's unverifiable. It's purposely unverifiable. I honestly think it's a coin flip for me. I I don't know enough about her. It could be either one. She says, uh, Paola and this guy, Oscar. The thing that makes me think she might be making it up is because Ethan gives her a look like, hmm. And she goes, oh, this is back in San Juan. Yeah. That look and then her kind of demurring and backing off of it. Maybe it was made up. I'm not sure. Cameron does have a funny line, though. I got to give it to him. He can be funny. He says, were they your cousins or something? (laughs) 
Well timed that. <laughs> she made, that. And she got a real belly laugh out of Daphne too. Did you notice that? Daphne really laughed it, at that one. It, even Harper kind of laughs that one off to a certain degree. Yeah, Daphne asked her how old she was, and uh, she gets that question. Cameron touches her leg. That's Not brutal. just touches. Gropes by the Grabs image. and rubs. And yes. you notice when he first touches her leg, she sort of doesn't do anything. It's when he starts the rubbing that she finally moves. When she when he first touches her leg, she looks at him almost as like, oh, you rogue. It's almost as a certain element of just like, you know. Almost like she was into it a little bit. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I'm not saying that. I was just speculating. There, it seemed like they were. There was a hint of it, yes, that she then pulled back from. She clearly wasn't comfortable when he started the rubbing right there at the table, though. Yes, because he, he's he's seeing her boundaries, right? He's push, he's pushing, and he's going way past them. He sees testing. boundaries, he's pushing them, testing, testing. What the line is. doing a lot of testing. Um, Daphne asked if she was a good girl or a bad girl. She said, "I wasn't bad, but I had fun in college." This yeah, is where Daphne. This is where it would have been nice if Daphne would have stopped talking, because then she goes, "What? Like you're not having fun now?" And then. That was the 60 mile an hour, 65 mile an hour change up that Daphne, that Harper needed to knock that one out of the park. She goes, you know, it's just hard. Ethan loves his porn, you know. So it's just God. hard to compete with slutty intern gets triple banged by, for not listening to her bosses. Whoa. Whoa. Deft social Whoa. planner that you are. How do you Thank get that you. one back on track? What do you do when someone at the table says that about another person at the table? to try to restore some element of polite dinner conversation. Is there anything? I think you say, I, you know, I think that's why they invented the incognito browser. I think everybody, you know, I think, I think, I think most people wouldn't want their browser history to be public anyway. Blah, 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 blah. So I how about that? Because my, my reaction is trying something. to, yeah, I mean, that's the best, that's the best I could come up with. What would you do? I think that's not bad. I think I think you literally have to either in some way... I think my nature would be to try to draw the conversation onto me, to mock me for a second, just to try to give that guy some oh, degree of Oh, you know space. what I could have done? Yeah. If we were together, I could have just like made up something about you, right? Like, because we, like, if it was a three couple, yeah. we could we could have fixed this. Because yeah. I could have said, well, Spencer likes his tentacle porn. And bam. bam. Something like that, yes. We're done. Then we're then we're ready to go, right? You we would have thrown me on happily thrown me under the bus to save everybody else right there. Yeah, and you're like you but you but you would know I would what run I was with doing. It, yes. Yeah, because you would know I'm trying to like get it all back and then you'd run with it and we'd be able to fix so, it. Uh, it would still when be you're just, when you're just another couple there with it, I don't know it, how you get it back. You you'd say that and I would go, Sir, sir, we've discussed this. It's called hentai. Cultured much? And just go from there. Completely yeah. just hijack the conversation. We just do the podcast. We just yeah. do the podcast. <laughs> Straight up, yes. <laughs> anyway, did you see the latest episode of White Lotus? Cameron, of course, jumps in. Um, oh, no. Uh, so when she says this thing about the porn, Ethan says, maybe we should slow down. Yeah. Which is really uncomfortable and sad. Harper says, hell no, let's keep going. He rip roaring, drunk, and angry. Cameron, of course, jumps all over that. Says, "Yeah, fuck it, let's go." The waiter comes up. He offers the wine, and Harper then just starts openly flirting with the waiter. And that she doesn't seem like a Bert to me. This seems like abnormal behavior. This seems like something I, she's doing to uh, attack Ethan. Basically, this is performative. This is very much look what I can do. Look what I'm doing right now with Ethan right there to observe. What do you do? What do you do if you're Ethan here? What's the answer right now? She right. is, uh, all, I mean, all kinds of off the rails. What do you, what, what do you, what do you do if you're Ethan right now? What would you do? I think I exit the conversation. I, I think I literally just go, so 
guys, sorry, it's some work I've got to do. Sorry to be leaving early, but I got to step out. And I just which leave. would also be true because you would be going to do work. So always, every all the time. But I, I think like there's nothing productive for me being here anymore. I'm gone. I think I'd have to leave too, um, because I don't think you can. Harper is doing this to hurt him. You cannot allow that to be the currency of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you have to not react. You have to leave and say, if you want to flirt with you, want to fuck the waiter. I don't care. You're not going to get the reaction out of me that you want because otherwise it's going to be a, a currency in our relationship. And that's not, that's not healthy. Obviously he does not adopt that mindset and he's worse off for it. Yeah. Cut to, um, Mia who, uh, comes up to Valentina she says, it's sad there without music. Valentina says, just for two nights. Mia says, well, look, you know, I'm very good. She says, well, you're persistent. I already said no. When I say no, it's no. Mia sits up and says, you're gay, right? Ooh. A heck of a look from Valentina. I'm I, this. I'm really fast. I'm going to go through the recap. I want your opinion on this because I didn't know how to take this scene. This was one of the most confusing scenes of the episode for me. Valentina seems affected by this, looks up and says, what? Mia says, it's cool. I'm a little gay, too. I think all women are. So you have a girlfriend. Says, Would you like one? She says, well, it's my... If you give me this job, I promise you and I can have some fun. Valentina just looks at her, says this conversation's over. Mia tells her not be so rigid. You know, Spencer, don't be rigid like a rock. I mean, my God, come on. Mia says, loosen up a little bit. Let's help each other out. Mia looks at her. Valentina smiles and says, all right, you can you can sing tonight and tomorrow. When Giuseppe comes back, I don't want to see you again. Mia then takes off, thanks her a million times. What'd you think? This, this, this interaction confused me on a bunch of different levels. Uh, this was an interaction of a woman at war with inside herself. Valentina, as we've said, is not a person that, I guess, for various reasons, she's a lonely person that doesn't get much in the way of positive attention. And the moment somebody offers her anything resembling that, she fixates immediately. The moment Mia offers anything resembling some affection, some warmth, some intimacy, she's down 150%. To the point she's fighting with herself from a duty grounds to reject her after the first offer. Because her, fi- her, face, her face is about to open up and a smile go into ear to ear once Mia says that. To the point she has to force it down saying, I don't, I got a job, I got a job, I got a job. By the time the second time Mia says it though, that effort at professionalism fades completely and she's in. This is something we've seen before with her and Isabella and we're seeing it play out now with Mia and it's going to go disastrously on all counts. So I think there's the first level of this is that it seems like Mia is very quickly learning that to get what you want in life, you have to be sexual. And I think that's a very unfortunate, it's a very unfortunate lesson that she's learning. And I wish that wasn't true. The second part of this is, is Valentina, is Valentina, you have created a monster. Is Valentina really doing this upon the hope of some sexual interaction? My first read on it was no. That she truly was impressed by Mia's gumption, and just was like, "This girl is persistent. I'm impressed by by how how far she's willing to go." Yes, you can, because Mia says this thing about like, "Let's let's help each other as women," and Valentina says, "Sure." My second watching, and then talking to you, talking to my wife, talking to everybody else, is everyone else has a different opinion of that. <laughs> everyone else seems to think that Valentina's ready to go. And that this yeah. is part the partly her wanting to accept the sexual offer, basically. That's my read, yeah. I, I'm very much of that mindset. Of, this is what we've seen before about where she is utterly rigid with anyone until they flirt with her. Until a woman flirts with her. 
I don't see her bowing to, well, let's win them and let's work together. She hasn't ever before, previously, until she got flirted with here. And suddenly she's opening the door. I, I think it's still in the same vein we saw with Isabel. I think you're right. I think I was wrong on the first read of that. It, um, it's a damn shame. And I hate it, too, because I was hoping it was more of the, like... Because, I mean, Valentina's much older than her. I, I thought she was, like, just impressed. I don't know. I, I th- Now that I've talked to you... Uh, I think they're probably going to hook up, and that's going to make me sad too. Um, cuts to the opera it can't, can't work out well. It can't of course, work it's out not well. good for either one of them. Cuts to the opera, and Tanya and Quentin are watching the end of the opera. Tanya's crying. Quentin is too. He grabs her hands and holds it. Oh, he's there for her, Spencer. He's so supportive. Oh, how wonderful! He understands yeah. her why she's emoting. He's emoting too. We're right here together. Of course, absolutely. Cuts to Harper walking outside, sitting with Daphne. Hell of a conversation here. Harper puts her head down, holds it. Daphne asks if she's okay. Harper says, "I think something happened." When we were in Noto, I think something happened. Daphne's like, eh, like what? Harper just looks at her and kind of rolls her eyes like, you, you know. Because it gives her the, you know. Daphne know, says, you know, come on. Daphne then says, I'm sure whatever happened, it's not a big deal. And what I heard from that was, I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me what this is, Harper. Yeah. I don't want to hear I that. maintain my sanity by not knowing details. Stop. Harper still seems upset. Daphne says, and if anything ever did happen... Do what you have to do to make yourself feel better about it. Daphne then explains she has a trainer in the city. Lawrence, he's so handsome. Blonde hair, big blue eyes. Really funny guy, too. Can you imagine? She likes her funny guys. Daphne likes to laugh. I'll give Daphne that. It's, she's got a type. You, you and Daphne would get along. We would be buddies. We would. Because we. Uh, she likes the personality. I can tell. She likes to laugh. Um, she says, sometimes I spend more time with Lawrence than I do with Cameron because of how much he works. Do you want to see a pic? Whoa. She hands a picture of her kids. To Harper. Harper looks at it, says, this is just a picture of your kids. And she goes, oh, is it? Huh. Well, I guess maybe I'll show you later. Whoopsie. Anyway, okay. the point I'm saying is maybe you should get a trainer. Harper that then likes a cigarette. Was the most blonde, blue-eyed child one could ever possibly have. When she just talked about her blonde, blue-eyed trainer. That kid is very clearly, and this is what she's saying, the trainers. That is her way of getting back at Cameron. Jesus Christ. I think you're right. I was fucked up this episode because that was not my first read. My first read was that there was no trainer. And that what she was saying is, uh, the, the, the blonde hair, blue eye is my son. I spend time with my kids. That's what I do. That that's what gets me. That's what makes me sane is being a mother. That was that, my read. Tragic. That's tragic if so, but I don't think that's where she's going. Everyone else has a different opinion. This is me screwing up against. But God, I'm off my game lately. I don't know what's going on. Everyone else has the read that you do. Is that what she was saying? Is these kids are the trainers' kids, and that there is nothing. Basically, there is nothing that Cameron can do. That I haven't already preemptively gotten him back for because he's raising somebody else's kids. Yep. When when she said to me when Woo! she says, "Do you want to do you want to see my trainer?" She's like, "Here's his spawn. Here is my here here's my trainer, Rit Young. Isn't he cute?" And doesn't I, it make that whole soliloquy that Cameron gave in episode two about? Oh God, she was she had a C section and she was on the table and you, in those moments that's when you realize you how much you love somebody. Not his kid. It's it's someone else's child. Yeah. Just, wow. G- if if I'm correct, Jesus goddamn Christ. Whew. That's tough. That is amazing. Cameron doesn't understand the games that these two are playing. 
not even in the same realm right now. She's not going to feel, I'll tell you this, she's not going to feel too bad about hookers and Molly. Nope. Nope. She, she, she budgeted that item years ago. (laughs) That is, that is preemptive liability, sir. Um, Yes. Yeah. Cut to uh, Albie and Lucia. Lucia is called by some guy and he's staring hard at Albie. They start talking to Ty and he gets really close to her. She sort of runs away and she takes off. Albie asks who it is. She says, Alessio. Uh, Albie asks if everything is okay. Lucia says she doesn't want to talk about it. Now, I would assume this seemed a bit performative for you. I, the implication is that it's her is that it's her pimp, whatever else. Yeah. The actual conversation I I saw I don't remember the exact words. I saw somebody somebody translate it. None of it actually says that. It could as well just be an ex boyfriend. It's not immediately apparent, but tied to the prior conversation. The vibes are certainly there. Whether it's real or not, I need another episode of Data Points before I can say say with any confidence. It's true, right? We do need more information. What are you What are you putting your chips on? Is this what a lie or not? I need to see the bet. I have not seen enough from Lucia previously to in any way confidently state that this is a lie. That's what I got to fall back on. Is that I've got doubts about her right now. But I've not seen anything to suggest that she is this level of multi-stage con artist. So the ha- so that the, is the, so the, far outside the realm of what we have presently that I have to admit that I don't have enough to offer anything even even like ten percent odds of that. Women have mistreated you in the past, sir. You, I could tell you. Just look at this. Look at this. And distrust. you've given me a shoulder to cry on. I. You know what it is. You, you, the chips are going out toward Lucia's telling the truth, but your hand's shaking as you're putting the chips there. You're not, you, there's no I, I, confidence. My tell, my tell is apparent. <laughs> Cut to, yes. The house feels really good about this bet. Cut to Quentin and Tanya. Uh, Quentin tells Tanya that Gore Vidal, holy shit, Gore Vidal apparently slept in the room Big that Tanya's sleeping in. Once said, I can understand companionship, but I can, you know, understand bought sex in the afternoon. But what I cannot understand is the love affair. Quentin says he's the same. Tanya says, never been in love? Quentin says, well, once. Before I got wise. Ooh, mm. <sighs> how jaded. He was young. He was in America. Quentin explains that he was restless. He'd read too much beat poetry. He decided to go bumming around the American West in the hopes of outscandalizing his father. And he met a cowboy in Wyoming who... Is this the plot, is this the plot of Brokeback Mountain? Keep going. I, yeah, I guess, except that he said that this guy was heterosexual and didn't want anything to do with him. He says, I'd have done anything for him. The amazing thing, after 30-odd years, I still would. Tanya says, what happened to him? Funny line here. Always makes me laugh. Well, he got old, which, though unforgivable, is not strictly speaking his fault. <laughs> I like that Quint, whatever we want to, we're assuming the worst about Quentin now, and I think we got reason to think so. Yes. The man can turn a phrase, though. I, I would hang out. I, knowing everything I know about him, I'd still hang out with him. I just would be mm. be a little careful about what how many, how many times I pick up the check. Um, yes. Yeah. He says, other than the cowboy uh, love, uh, that has never really been his thing. There's always been beauty. That's what he likes. Tanya says, she lives for beauty, and he goes, I know I know you do. I know you do. We're that, we're that close. We're that deep together. Yes. Says, joined at the hip. I die for beauty, wouldn't you? Tanya says, well, the, world, the world's pretty beautiful. Uh, and he says, well, a beautiful world is not one I want to live in, right? And then they cheers, and then very creepy music plays in the background, and he offers her a cigarette. Uh, specifically, he offers her a fag, which is, I think, an in-joke to a certain degree here. There was. I don't like that word, but I, I know it. I, I know you said it in the context of the cigarette. I don't, you know, obviously, but I, that's why I, I, yes. I, I did it. Um, Portia and Jack return. Portia seemed to enjoy the dine and ditch. Um, that's a that's a bit of an upset. 
I got to say, if you're taking, taking a woman on a first date and you do a dine and ditch and they like it, that's a... You're, you're in. Uncle, you Lee, in. Uncle Lee to the kids out there. No, no. Watch yourself, sir. Ponder what you're going to say. Uncle Lee to all the, all the young kids out there. All the impressionable young children are going to do exactly what I say. Do not ever dine a ditch. Especially don't especially don't do it on a date. This is bad form and the woman is never going to respond the way that Porsche is. This is this is this is absolute fiction. This is fake. There's an, there is there's there's people who've had the philosophy of offer a certain degree of danger, convince someone to move outside their comfort zone because they'll gravitate you more from that result. Dining and ditching is a way extreme way of doing that. Yeah, it sucks. Don't do it. As Porsche sits there, um we get interspersed. A cut, which is Emmy, like Emmy stuff right here, Spencer. Let's get no. the Emmys ready. Mm-hmm. That's Amore starts Spin playing by Mia. That's Love starts playing by Mia. And then we start to see all of these reputation, re, representation of love and all of the different fucked up ways that it really isn't. And and yes. it's just, just this big, sick, oh. twisted form of Amore. With, with uh, what notably as well, most of them is about couples, about interactions, whatever else. Uh, it's also though I like Bert was just in the room alone, staring off at Mia, kind yep. of pondering himself to a certain degree too. I think he likes her more than he likes Giuseppe, but I do also think there's a bit of the love of the young, exciting woman and that life that he'll never have again. That that it's it's all passed him by, right? And the um, sun just shoved in his face. We see Harper smoking, looking at Cameron. Uh, seemingly somewhat determined uh, looking at him. I mean, just like staring a different type of dagger at Cameron. Ethan seems aware of. Seems very aware of. And remember what Ethan said before. He knows that Cameron goes after the women that he likes, the people that he likes, the things that he likes, etc. Daphne drinks, oblivious, doesn't care. Why? Because that's not his kids. So fuck him. Ah, funny. Uh, (laughs) Notice that as she sings, Valentina seems to really like it. And she's kind of cutting eyes at her. Like, kind of like, you know, Making eyes at Mia as she's as she's going. Cuts Dominique was calling Abby. She does not answer. He goes to voicemail. He drinks and sits there. And as he takes his drink and sits back in his loneliness, the words "You're in love" get sung by Mia. Episode end. Not, well, not, not quite, quite yet. yet. Not quite Cuts yet. Cuts Abby and Mia. Scene. One one last scene that you like a lot. Um, uh, Abby and Mia are having sex. Uh, Cut to the night and Tanya wakes up. Uh, something wakes her up, and she gets out of bed. She walks down the hallway. She starts hearing men grunting, and she walks toward don't, it. Don't walk don't do toward that. it. Why are you walking toward it? Never. No, nothing positive can come from you going into this situation. She goes in, and she sees that Jack is having sex with Quentin. And previous to this, Jack dropped Portia off at the at her bedroom and said, "I got to do something for my uncle real quick. I'll be back. Leave your door unlocked." So that's yep. the reveal. There is that obviously Spencer was right. This is not Jack's. This is not Quentin's nephew, and it seems to be some sort of like escort service or something. He's, he's either a, a prostitute on retainer or it's some kind of kept man kind of thing. Either I think it's way, a place. I think it's a place to live for sex. Is what it, what it seems yeah. like to me. Seems seems like that, and they kind of mask it with a familiar relationship, which is not uncommon necessarily. Uh, Whoa, and, it isn't. Tell me about it. It's a trope. It, hmm. it, 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 it is a tr- it is a trope that certainly exists that particularly is done in, in cinema with respect to gay relationships. I don't know whether that has any justification or statistical basis or not, but it's something I've seen in movies and television shows before. All right. End of episode, Spencer. That's the end of the recap. Any concluding thoughts before we jump into our segments? I thought it was a very good episode. I thought it was a very tense episode. I know you called it. I know it struck you as particularly funny. And, you know, on the recap, I realized there was some funny stuff here, too. But 
this is there's a lot of drama at play here, and it feels very much like the Hitchcock kind of commenting at the bomb under the table. That we're reaching almost thriller levels of who wouldn't kill somebody else at this point on this show. It seems like everybody's kind of pondering murder at this at this stage to so, the point that hmm? yeah, go ahead, go ahead, you finish. I, my list of potential murder targets is getting longer than the amount of options I have for people that can die. So with everything we saw this episode and what they are willing to show us on the next on, which they, they don't they don't mind you knowing, they're showing it to you yes. for the next on. Is there any chance that Harper does not sleep with Cameron? If it seems she, done. It seems like as good as done. If she doesn't, it has been an incredibly conscious act at misdirection. Because God are they setting it up at this point. It really seems like that's a done deal, and then we're gonna I feel like they don't care if you know that. They they want you to wonder about the fallout. That, that is that is incidental. The fallout's what matters. Yeah. Um, okay, let's start with our segments. I am God Emperor, best line of the episode. I award it every week. Spencer Gamely supplies me with nominees for best line of the episode. Spencer, you have anything this week for nominees for best line of the episode? Yes, I've got a few. Um, I you basically read it out, but I'll do so again. Uh, Cameron would always sleep with the girls I liked, but before I could get to them. If I ever told him that I liked a girl, he would swoop in and have sex with them within a week. Uh, oh, Cameron, rude. You have a bad case of something called mimetic desire. What's that? If someone with higher status than you wants something, it means it's more likely that you'll want it too. You, do not have, you don't have as higher status than me. Not then, maybe. I mean, I was smarter than you. Maybe you thought that Ooh. fucking women I had a connection with would make you smarter. We've unpacked whether it's effective or not, but this is the first element of direct confrontation we've seen out of Ethan directed to Cameron yet, and that's meaningful. That is a certain that highlights what we assume was a certain element of resentment that's been building up over the years and confirms some of our theories on that point. And coupled with the whole Cameron Harper dynamic going forward, let's watch this fester. You know how Cameron could have got a win there? How? You'd have just said, "Yeah, but." It- I know. Yeah, of course you're smarter than me, man. You fucking one of the smartest guys I know. You've always been smarter than me. What? What? What's? It, what? What are we talking about here? Again, so many ways to win in a conversation is to admit a bit, is to offer a bit of weakness, just is to offer a bit. bit of self of self defacement. It can go so far in terms of taking away somebody else's power. It just cut him right out the legs if he did that. Yeah. Um. Por, uh, Portia and Tanya, where have you been? Uh, uh, he was just giving me a tour of the cabin <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Uh huh. You two have been having sex on a boat. Hell yeah! That's what you've been doing. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I love the repeat- repetition too. I'm jealous. It's a really funny line. Uh, from Bert, I can't be responsible for everything I say. I'm concussed. Uh, Tanya, hey, I mean, these are some high end gays. <laughs> she is. She can turn a phrase too. Um. These, Tanya are, not, again. these are not sale rat gays. These are high end. Several from Tanya in this conversation. Oh, it's a good feeling when you realize that someone has money because then you don't have to worry about them wanting yours. And ending with, to Portia, God, will you look at this? Oh, God, don't steal anything. It's like, love she tells Portia not to steal anything. <laughs> oh, her opinion uh, of Portia is really funny as it seeps out. Do you, do you have anything cute? Do you? Are you sure? Yeah. It's a great one, too. Uh, Bert and Dominic, I loved your mother and she loved me. It's not that simple. Yes, it is. Great great exchange to cap off that entire conversation. Seems like you kind of like that a little bit. That, that that idea that, you know, maybe it is just as simple as I loved her, she loved me. It's a fun concept to explore just based on how the two of them are completely not meeting on that point. They 
do not agree, and it's a fundamental difference in philosophy. I don't know if they can fully square. It's an, it's, an, it's an interesting meeting of two characters. Um, let's see here. Oh, from Cameron. I feel like you sow your uh, from this is, refer, this is the first half. I feel like you sow your oats when you're young, and then you just you know you get it out of your system. I don't know. Nope. Not sure it works like that. <laughs> nope. I know. But th- that's the well. It's kind of like food. You know, you gorge yourself until you're sick, and you swear you'll never have another bite, and then. Two days later, you're hungry again. You're back at that breakfast buffet. Can't turn away a breakfast buffet, Can't and do I don't it. mean that metaphorically. I just like a good breakfast buffet. And we learned you make the waffle. The wa- They've given me all the ingredients. Uh, what a revelation! Uh, you already basically recited it, so I'm not going to do it again. But the entire Gore Vidal speech from Quentin, great stuff in there. Very effective, and if we're right, masterfully manipulative. Oh, he, he might be the most manipulative person in the whole show. He might be. Uh, last one for me. It's not really a direct line of dialogue, but Daphne showing her hand about her kids. <sighs> Jesus. Didn't think she had it in her. I assume just tragic impotence. I may have been entirely wrong about that character in that regard. So, sir. Which one are you going to pick that I didn't give you? Best line of the episode. Season 2 White Lotus episode 5. It's Simone is... Want to see a pic? This is just a picture of your kids. It is? Yeah. Whoopsie. We'll find it later. What a line. What a moment. She's... Man, what is it like? It's, um... I don't know, man. Like, it's just... They're they're just they're shooting blasters, and all of a sudden, she's forced push somebody and pulled a lightsaber out, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm dueling yeah. a Jedi!" I had no idea that she could go to this level. We, we we have been impressed by Cameron playing checkers. Meanwhile, she's been playing 3D Star Trek chess right now. I and you know what you know what I, I need White Lotus season seven because I think there will come a time when it gets dropped on him. He'll fuck up enough. He'll do something so assuming bad. Assuming he lives. Yeah, assuming he, they both survive. He'll do something so bad that, that she'll eventually drop it on him. He'll know. And then, then he'll just be, you know, guy who used to be attractive with a belly living in a single apartment, you know, paying a lot of alimony. That, that'll that be that guy. Um, okay, sir. Let's do best and worst vacation partners of the week. Let's start with best. Who's your best vacation partner of the week? I struggled with this one, man. Everyone's terrible. Everyone's terrible. Everyone is terrible. I'm going to go off on a, on a weird limb and say, despite criminal behavior, Jack gave Portia a hell of a fun couple of days. Man knows 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 Palermo. He knows how to have fun. He knows how to play up a situation and make a scenario work for him in many ways. And it seems to be going fine for now. I will say Jack. Jack was good at giving. Jack is good at giving people what they want. Very much so. He's a, he, may, he may have a career of it. Yeah, he might. I think he's a male prostitute, and I think that's why he's so good at it. I'm going to stay Bert again. Bert continues to top my list because Dominique threw at him the most offensive shit I have seen in this entire episode or in this entire season by questioning the love he had for his now recently deceased wife of 49 years. That's mm-hmm. an awful thing to do. And Bert was able to wave it off in a way that I personally would not have been able to. Uh, and I give him a lot of kudos for that because that, that took a lot of something. It took a lot of something to be able to compartmentalize that and move on. 
Solid pick right there. All right. Worst vacation partner of the week. This is the fun one. Who sucks the most, Spencer? I know who you're going to pick, so I'm going to pick somebody different. Okay, go. Cameron. Cameron's the worst. Why is he the worst? Because he's fucking your wife? Because we get characters who do surprising, one-off, terrible things. Cameron's just consistently shit. We were in different, sort of different dating leagues, sort of different. No and every oppor- he uses every opportunity to show himself as a more degraded individual. And this episode is no exception. We get like five or six different opportunities for Cameron to say something that's not the worst, and he instead finds new ways to plumb deeper. Cameron's the worst. The answer here is you know who I'm picking, but the can't the answer here is Cameron because Boss. because. This is, he, when you figure out, like if you, if if you figured out that you were out on a week long vacation with this couple, after what you've now figured out about Cameron and what you figured out about Daphne, I think you have to go home. Like, I think you have to leave there, there. They are that toxic. They are nuclear. They are Chernobyl toxic people. I would have to get the hell away from them. That's the right answer. I'm of course picking Dominic because of that atrocious scene where he questioned the love of his mother for his father in front of his grieving father. Fuck him for that. Um, it's not the time or place. Um, and it was a manipulative mean spirited thing that he only did because he felt attacked and he felt weak, weak. He felt like he was wrong, right? If he felt like all of the, if he felt like what Bert was saying had no standing, he would feel no need to attack back. Right, but he he obviously felt like it hit home, so he attacked back and fucked Dominic for that. I knew you were going to say it. And I, I I I support you. It, it, we Dominic generally is just a kind of a certain level of suck of indifferent suck, and then every now and then he just throws a haymaker of just straight up narcissistic. I want to hurt another person. He can really di- yeah, and you called it right because you you saw that little window with Albie and you were like, that's the part. Like you kind of you kind of pulled it out. Yeah. Like that's the part that makes yeah, her so that, crazy, and I think you're 100 percent right. Um, okay, okay. I think we have definitely picked the picked the cream of the crop of the shit. For this All right, episode. so yeah, we have. So I'd like to say something. There has been some talk online that like nothing happened this episode. I used the Mentos and the Coke analogy. I think we just got the first bit of foam over the. I, I could be wrong. I think all fucking hell is going to break loose in these last two episodes. Like, yeah. I think it's going to yeah. be mad. Like, yeah. they have set it up yeah. to be really crazy. So if you think it's been slow so far, hang hang in there. Because I think a lot is going to happen in these last two episodes. Very much so. Yes. Let's ponder that out Death theories. So this might be the last week we can do death theories because we might get deaths next week. It's People might ultimate, die next episode. It's been ultimate episode. So this is, this, we got to take this one real seriously. It might be our last one. Who is your death list this week. And now you promise us three every week. Round Robin. Let's do round Robin. I'll okay. I can do it. Respond. I'm happy. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Cameron is definitely on the death list because the list of people that might kill him is getting almost as long as half the cast. At this point, there's a reasonable possibility that Daphne, Ethan Harper, any of them might murder him for varying reasons. Also throw Albie on the list for the reasons I said about, he knows that, Cameron owes his new squeeze money. And he is of a white knight kind of mindset that he might just fucking confront him. And that can only work out horribly. So Cameron's got odds from the amount of people that might be willing to take him down. Cameron's going, uh, I'm going to take this one off the board. I feel like it's an easy number one overall pick. I'm going to take Dominic as a suicide. 
jumping uh, from Dominic's the cliff. Dominic's my number two. From the He's cliff into the water after more depressive conversations and thoughts about his failed marriage. I think he's going to jump off the cliff. That's one of the bodies. That's the one Daphne finds. Dominic's also on my list. I might have to agree with you there. I think just his longing looks at family in the water, if nothing else, it could be a red herring, but it is certainly foreshadowing that this character may choose his own exit. And it would fit that Daphne does. Daphne doesn't know Dominic, right? So she would see that body and she would just freak out. She wouldn't be yelling, Oh, it's my husband. It's Harper. It's whoever. She just think dead body. Agree. I, I'm, I'm with you for Dominic for number two. I'll offer my number three just so I can throw in something else. Because I actually have two different possibilities there for my number three. Possibly number one, Lucas. Lucas. I, I think Lucas also has suicide concerns here, but also mutual combat concerns about him eventually snapping and trying to kill somebody else and it going wrong. Who the or fuck is even Lucas? Am I saying that wrong? Uh, Harper's husband. Ethan. God damn it. I don't know where I got Lucas from entirely. Ethan whoa, man. Is. Whoa, man. You had me on a fucking skates, man. I was so confused. Okay, Ethan. Ethan. All right, Ethan. I, I don't know where I got, got Lucas from at all right now. Sorry. Brain fart. Generic Ethan. boring yes. name. Insert generic it, boring name. I, I've inserted a different boring Pretty generic much, yeah. name. But same, same thing I just said applied to Ethan. That... Either by suicide or mutual combat or just snapping, the guy's on edge. The guy's been pushed. The guy's being pushed up against a wall. That can work out horribly for both him and others. I agree with Tim. I think Tim's gonna. I'm just gonna use generic board names now for yeah. this guy, Tim. Steve. Yeah, Steve. Steve. Steve's uh, gonna get got. Yeah, before the end. Um, so that's a good one. But I am going to take a different one. I am going to take Lucia. Uh, I, I I hope this is not true, but I just continue to feel like. The number of irons in the fire for her, I don't know how she... If if three people got to die, I don't know how she's not one of them with all the shit she's pulling and all the enemies yeah. she's making and all of the complications she's got. You can have a Dominique do it. You could have an Albie flare up at her for some reason. You could have Cameron do it because she continues to push the money issue. You could have her pimp do it. It's just on and on. There's too many possibilities not to take her off the big board. She's number three for me. Uh, my... Tied for number three, runner-up possibility, Albie from sticking his nose in shit. So if I, if if this isn't a manipulative play, if the if the pimp is a real thing, if, he could kill Albie. Even if it, if it whether it's manipulative or not, Albie trying to protect her honor or save her, or rescue or whatever else, runs the risk of going onto the wrong end, the wrong end of a barrel of a gun. So far, Albie. And his relationship with Lucia has impressed me because he seems to be more level-headed and just say, hey, that's your job. I'm just, I like hanging out with her. I'm going to continue hanging out with her, see where this goes. If he does the I'm going to save you thing, it drops levels. It drops way down for me. I, I'm with you entirely. All right. There we go. I think that's the, the episode, Spencer. Any departing thoughts before we get to the penultimate episode of Season 2 of White Lotus? If you had to put money on it, is someone going to die the next episode? Yes, no. Yeah, I think, but it'll be in like the last couple seconds. I think we're going to have a dead body for the entire part, the entire last episode. There will be a dead body somewhere. You, you think they're going to go weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, it'll probably the entire be last episode. Yeah, like, like I could see. So, could you see? Cameron has sex with Harper in about the first twenty minutes of the episode. No. Cameron is back in his hotel room. Ethan confronts him, kills him, leaves heart, leaves Cameron dead in the hotel room. That's what somebody Rocco eventually finds. Yes, I can see that. Yes. So do you, I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think there'll be a death next episode? 
I think I agree that it will be there either will be a death or an implication of a death in the last five minutes of the episode. There you go. I agree. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the answer. I mean, they've, they've, they've basically promised us three. So that's a lot for the final episode. I could see it happen anyway. It's moving day. It's moving day on season two of White Lotus. I think we're going to see a real hell, hell of a banger. I can't wait to talk about it with you, Spencer. This is fun, as always. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, um, and if you got this far, you probably did, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, I make this promise uh, on the podcast that everybody who leaves a rating, either on our Facebook page or our Twitter account, at Mangum Talks, or on whatever podcast platform you use, I read it, I take them to heart, I listen to them. Why? Because Spencer and I are amateur podcasters. We make no money from this. We put this out here simply because we hope people enjoy it. So I like feedback. We like to get better. Let us know what we're doing. Let us know what you think. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back with you next week for a banger, I promise, of the penultimate episode of season two.